What is that? It says it's a Shinigami. It's a death doll. Looks like Lance was delivering it to a client in Tokyo. Cool. In Japanese mythology, Shinigami is a death spirit. When you're ripped from your life too quickly, you have to let go of whatever is holding you here so you can move on. Once you've done that, the real Shinigami will take your soul to the afterlife. Why would someone bring that on a plane? I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. This Lance guy is holding on. He's not letting go. You're listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. This is episode 155. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we're inviting you to join the Mild Die Club. Yeah, it's sexual. <laughs> sexual. <laughs> and deadly. And more sexual. He's very, very erotic. <laughs> and, and, and sexual. <laughs> what's going on, guys? I'm Mike. Hey, what's up? I'm Val DeLong. <laughs> I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm still Justin. <laughs> you said you were going to do that yesterday, and I completely forgot about it until just this moment. <laughs> uh, Val, Val DeLong is a new uh, porn name that I'm workshopping. What do you think of it? It's uh, I like it. I yeah. like it. It's um, workshopping, like, because you're working with wood. Is that, is that, is that what that means? <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's. It's good. It's no Jimmy Von Sex, but it's good. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Von Sex is my, uh, for those who know, or for, the, for those who don't know, that's my 80s rock star mm. alter ego. Mm. Yeah. See, Jimmy Von Sex does more like Burning Angel porn. That's kind of that's kind of where I see his uh, yeah yeah M-line. Val DeLong is more of a romantic. Oh, like uh, like Bang Bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. <laughs> It's it's a lot what? of uh, it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of European type stuff. And oh, maybe like some nubile. Oh, you yeah. said European. I immediately went to Germany. I'm thinking that Val Long does like <laughs> shit porn or something. No, 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 no. He's 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 just a romantic. There oh, was a okay, uh, okay. some rock band that we grew up with listening to or something where the singer or one of the members was starting to produce porn and and act in porn. I guess. Who is this? I, I it, alternative press posted it the other day. I'm scrolling their page right now trying to find it. Did you guys hear about that? <laughs> no, no, no. A band that we grew up listening to though. Yeah, I, I shit. I can't remember who it was. I'll well, be there fi- momentarily. Yeah, find, it, find it at some point. Before before the end of this show. It's like Tom Waits or something like that. <laughs> you can see him doing it. <laughs> Start, starting this new chapter in my life. Oh, gosh. Uh, what's going on, gentlemen? Uh, not too much. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Back, right. from, uh, back from my old vacay. Oh, mm. I'd love to hear about oh, it. Oh, yes. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Uh, if you don't know what Audible is, it's the world's largest selection of audiobooks. Uh, if you're interested in trying out Audible, head over to audibletrial.com slash Podcast. When you get there, you can sign up for a free 30-day membership, and Audible will give you one free credit good for any title in their library. Uh, you can cancel at any point in time 
within that 30 days and the book is yours to keep. So it's a pretty cool deal. And every time you guys head over and pick up a free trial, it helps the show out more than you can think. So uh, again, head over to audibletrial.com slash the buzzkill podcast and try it out today. You have any good recommendations for this week? Uh, yes, actually. When I was uh, at the airport waiting for my flight uh, to LA and then back to Detroit, I actually started listening to the uh, Kevin Smith Tough Shit book. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's really good, It's especially if you're a fan of our, our bad, stupid humor. <laughs> I mean, it, all of mine pretty much comes from Kevin Smith anyway, which uh-huh. you can, it makes sense now that I say it out <laughs> loud. Uh, but his book's really good, though. Uh, through all the, the just poorly taste to jokes and everything else <laughs> it's actually a really good um like life coaching book you know what uh it's it's good i, I absolutely recommend it though you played us run. a little sample before uh yes yeah when we were just sitting here it's, it's some hilarious stuff so it is it is but it also uh it's good for uh getting your life together if you uh, you know if you're a guy like me that's still growing up doesn't know what he wants to do with his life <laughs> uh no it's a, it's a it's a super good read that would be my recommendation for the cool. week though cool cool well, all right. Uh, well, anyway, what have you guys been up to? Mike, I know oh, I, you, you haven't been doing much this week. No. So, Jay, have you been up to anything? Just uh, I, I went uh, out of town this weekend, so that yeah. was fun. Cool. Where'd and you I, go? Uh, we went up to uh, by Mayo, by the Alcona, Michigan, and uh, did some camping up there. So. I don't think I've ever been there before. Yeah, it's uh, right by the or right on the uh, Osable River. Did you guys uh, shoot guns or bow and arrows or anything? Just, just basically sat around and did nothing, man. Went out on some boats a little bit. That's and, also uh, just cool. relaxed, which is cool. Cool, man. I eBayed. I bought a new piece of gear for ninety nine cents, which was sweet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, I always keep an eye out for them it's, deals going with no reserve, now, man. It's um, a little replacement knob, right? <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking at this piece of gear, and it doesn't look like it's worth only ninety nine cents. How much would something like that new cost? They uh, new maybe. A, between 150 200 bucks but they sell used for like around uh about 90 bucks they're going for so why'd you get it for 99 cents because i'm awesome that is that's a good point it's <laughs> a fine Very point good. this thing's heavy too man feel that yeah let me feel it for a little piece that's a heavy amp dude i mean i've felt heavier but whatever <laughs> hey i'll take it so that was the extent of my oh i did have something really cool happened uh, one of the artists that i record uh, recently signed a deal with silverado records really uh, in nashville Rich, nice. Rich Satterfield. Uh, Rich Satterfield. And no I, I drum for, for him live, too, when he's doing some gigs. So that's, cool, that's a lot of fun. And they're putting out an album, uh, something a Nashville label hasn't done before, where they are, rather than uh, just resigning one new artist, they signed us an individual song from uh, 12 different artists. And they're putting out an album with these 12 artists from across the USA yeah. and releasing that. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. So your recording will be on the... We will, yes. Nice. And uh, today was the first day that we were officially allowed to uh, announce anything about it. So is that it, was really you, cool. Are you guys doing a new song for that mix, or is it something that's already done? It's it's something that's out that they oh, that okay. they took from us. So cool. I've yeah. I've actually heard of Silverado Records. So that's actually that's awesome. Yeah, it's, we're, we're pretty excited. Oh my god, somebody we know finally got a record deal. Oh my! <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> now nah, you weren't in the band when they got signed. It doesn't count. I. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. Jay's like <laughs> half in the band, so totally. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the fifth Beatle, man. <laughs> Bill. So yeah, so that's uh, <laughs> that's my week. Nice. Um, in review. I went to, I, I guess, the day after we recorded last week. I went to see Rancid, who I haven't oh, yeah? seen. I haven't seen in like 15 years or oh, something. Oh God, I saw a picture, and I. I I cannot. His beard Tim is the beard. most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Dude, he, uh, I mean, yeah. He... Not, not only does it look fake, it looks like something that you would buy at a costume store and like how it like poorly fits over your mouth and stuff. Like, that's what a, it looks like. It is a big grizzly man beard it's for sure. It's gross. He's got, it's incredible. I think he's like 52 or 53 and he's still, he 
bounces around the stage like he's oh, yeah. in his twenties. It's, it's punk awesome. rocker, dude. Those guys don't stop. And what a what a hit machine, dude. Like mm-hmm. when they play, like I guess I, I haven't listened to Rancid in a while, but during that entire set, there's no like not one single song that wasn't a complete hit. Sure. Like he wrote with. I didn't know that Aaron told me he he wrote a song for Pink. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Like he's an amazing songwriter, and it's funny because when you listen to him sing, it's just like. I don't know. How would you describe his singing? But you know who writes Rancid songs? Who? Uh, Chad, Chad Kroger. No. A little fact. What are you talking about? Fun fact. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I also forgot Brandon Steinecker was in there. Was the drummer for yeah, that band now. From the used. He's been for a long time. Um, yeah, they put on a hell of a show. Pennywise also opened up for him. They were good. It's kind of weird, like all these years later, seeing a bunch of dudes in their 50s standing up on stage saying... Like fucking fuck authority, dude. <laughs> it's like, it's sort of a, it's it's like kind of, it's such a generalized statement. And I'm kind of sitting there, like in my older yeah. age, going, "You need to be more specific." Like, <laughs> like <laughs> what all, what authority? Like all authority? Or? Well, then you have bands called against all authority, and <laughs> it's they, like, what if they suddenly just became like 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 total like, like Republicans uh, against and, like, <laughs> against some authority? <laughs> Because I'm thinking, like, the people who got you this gig, I guess you could technically be considered that they would be considered authority. It's true. It's true. So I get the sentiment. It's just kind of weird to see a bunch of dudes in their 50s just saying, fuck authority. Against all authority and Pennywise playing the Blue Lives Matter uh, (laughs) march. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I haven't had too much else going on. Just chilling chilling like a villain <clears throat> what about you uh i've done much oh, okay all right well pretty, hey um... so moving on <laughs> uh i've done more in the last five days uh, or the four days i was gone rather uh than i ever thought that i would we packed so much into four days it was ridiculous out mm-hmm. in la um i flew into la on wednesday night and uh, Vito picked me up drove the two hours back to santa barbara that night I stayed up talking with him and his wife for a little bit or whatever, and then I realized it was like 1.30 in the morning there, which makes it like 4.30 in the morning oh, here. And I'm yeah. like, oh, God. <laughs> like, the jet lag was already going to be shitty, and I'm just making it way worse by staying up. So the uh, first day was was pretty rough. But, um, yeah, Santa Barbara's beautiful. It's like a, it's like a we- uh, not weird, but it's like a smaller, like you think of California. Santa Barbara's not like L.A. It's definitely like a little bit of an older community or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it's all like super inspired by like old Spanish architecture. Oh, really? And it's just beautiful. It's absolutely That's... gorgeous. It's so serene there. Like serene, is that the right word? Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll use it. Um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, then you get into L.A. and I saw some oh, of the God. shittiest parts of L.A. you can possibly imagine. I don't you know, like I, I don't like L.A. at all. I, no I offense like, to people in L.A., but I don't I don't like your time. I I like... <laughs> I like Hollywood and I like parts of LA. I like the um, you know what it represents and all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there are parts of LA that are just dog shit. <laughs> like we, the, like the, even Detroit looks at it and go, mm, "Damn, damn girl, <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing something wrong." <laughs> um, that being said, though, we went to some really really cool places there. We did the uh, Evil Dead uh, exhibit at the Mystic Museum. Which was no go figure. You talk about Evil Dead first, of course. Well, it was the first thing we did. So, oh, speaking of Evil Dead, can I interject real quick? Uh, I was taking my son to his ABA uh, program today, and I was talking to one of the guys there, and uh, my daughter was with me too. And he said, "What's her name?" I told him, told him her name. We started talking about Sasquatch. Sasquatch. What a beautiful name. (laughs) (laughs) And 
he asked me like how we came up with the names, and then I was telling him. <laughs> you ever been in the woods? Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen Bigfoot? He's fucking majestic. Um, so, and I, I told him, I told him her middle name and everything, and then he started talking about his kids' names, and he goes, "I knew that my, I knew that my son's name was going to be Ashley for like decades." And I go, "Are you an Evil Dead fan?" He goes, yes, exactly, thank you, <laughs> nobody understands that. I've been saying it for years. I know, I told him about you, I said, I'm pretty sure my buddy's going to be naming his kid Ashley for... I'm not uh, going to have a kid, let's be honest here. Well, you might you might adopt a 22-year-old <laughs> year old dwarf posing as a 6-year-old. Uh, I want, I hope that story is true, and if you don't know what we're talking about, look it up. Yeah, I'm, not, try- I'm not trying to be crass, I, that, that's it's a, a, literal it's story a very that real and very bizarre story that's going around, uh, yeah. going around right now. So uh, it's, Yeah, um, look it up, though. Yeah, but, sorry, that was my interjection, I just figured you would appreciate that. Uh, I did, I did, James. Thank you for interrupting me, I mm-hmm. always appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, so we went to the Mystic Museum, which is like this uh, oddities, like... Uh, like oddities and like uh, occult like shop basically, mm-hmm. and they have a, a next door to them. They run something called the Mystic Museum, and they uh, they do art exhibits mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, exhibits on movie stuff. Like they did the the last thing they did was a thing called Slashback Video, where they transformed the entire space into an old eighties video store, and it was awesome. How long ago was that? Because I I've that was seen... last year. Okay, because uh, I remember uh, when you guys did your. Your nerd Christmas this year. Yep. Didn't Chris Jordan give you a bunch of no, slashback? No, Mike did. Oh, Mike gave Vito, you. Vito, oh, well, obviously, Vito, Vito, because yeah. he's in California. Duh. Duh. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like, so we went to this uh, this Evil Dead Museum, and uh, long story short, what had happened is um, Rob Taper, the one of the producers of, of the entire Evil Dead franchise, mm-hmm. he, um, he gave one of his, like, lowly assistants the job, this job, to clean out this old storage space that he hadn't been in in decades. Mm-hmm. And the guys, he, he, Rob was basically just clean it out, see what's in there, whatever. And as the guy is going through these boxes, he starts pulling out like original Necronomicons and the original like wardrobe and the, the actual boomstick and really? like all of this insane stuff that they didn't even know was in there. Yeah. Like it's just been since the last time that stuff was touched was probably right after they shot or moved it there and put it away. That was, it's, it's been in there for who knows how long tell me you stole the boomstick oh uh, i was behind glass but was tempted Shit. um i did steal a lot of photos though <laughs> so uh <laughs> uh there was so much awesome shit though like like stuff from uh, evil dead from evil dead 2 lots of stuff like the original real to real was there the original boomstick uh army army of darkness clothing they had the torso from you know when linda in evil dead 2 has the chainsaw on her neck and she's yeah. that whole torso was there oh cool they had the head in the vice there they had uh evil ed's <clears throat> Uh, had there cool so I have, I have so many pictures I, I did not actually one of the things I said I was going to do was live stream a lot of stuff when I was there I didn't end up doing that but I have a shit ton of pictures so over the next like week or so I'm going to put up a bunch of posts people can kind of see what I was up to um, and a lot of the stuff is just super cool people might want to see it anyway yeah um, I'm going through everything right now I took well over like 200 photos over the course of like the first day mm-hmm. so like there's I, I have a ton to go through and it turns out like five hours of footage. <laughs> um, well, that's from Halloween Horror Nights, but yes, I <laughs> uh, will get there. Mm. Uh, after that, we did. Um, what did we do after that? Uh, after that, we went to the Scum and Villainy Cantina. Nice. Which is the. It started off as a pop up bar in LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was basically the Star Wars Cantina. Yep. It was exactly that. And now it's a permanent fixture. Mm-hmm. They actually did well, so they can't call it the Star Wars Cantina because sure. of licenses. Um, and when you go in there, it looks 
exactly like the Star Wars Cantina. They even serve blue and green milk drinks that are basically <laughs> um, they're basically white Russians, but like, oh, like cool. sort of it food coloring. Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. Um, they have like that stuff, or whatever. They have like all the cutouts where you sit. Looks like the booth where Han Solo was sitting. Like mm-hmm. the it looks like the fucking cantina. But there's other stuff like they have uh, like some Harry Potter stuff in there and Star Trek stuff in there. Like yes, they mix their Trek with their wars. And, and with their Potter. And with their Potter. Weird. They do it because it's not, it can't all be Star Wars, because they, 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 from my understanding, it's it's labeled as like a nerd bar. Mm. So it's like, you have to have more than one thing, otherwise there's legality. Licensing or issues or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's why they yeah. can't call it, you know, certain sure, stuff. Yeah. But that was just super fucking awesome. It was cool. really, really cool. Uh, I went to, I found out that Danny Trejo makes a damn good taco, because <laughs> we went to Trejo's Tacos. <laughs> and he was there actually making them? No, there was a picture of him making tacos. making tacos. No, just on the wall with a gun, you know. It was a paint- taco gun. It was painted. I wish there was a so, taco gun. <laughs> Maybe just- like the gun that they put the, the sour cream on with. <laughs> it's just you. You walk up to the counter and it's just Danny Trejo with a taco gun shooting tacos into your mouth. Oh my god. <laughs> So so Danny Trejo doesn't make a good taco is what you're saying. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. No, he went to the uh, the uh, Trejo's Cantina, basically mm. is what it was. And uh, fucking awesome. Um, the uh, Our bartender was not ugly. Put, put, put that out there. What did he look like? He was very handsome. <laughs> she looked exactly was very like handsome. Danny Trejo. Oh. Well, okay. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you know? With the mustache and everything? The mustache, the taco wild, mm-hmm. the whole deal. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was great. Um, but uh, that was that was awesome. That was just cool. Um, we uh, The next day, we did this thing called the I Love Scary, or I Like Scary Movies exhibit, mm-hmm. which was basically this um, warehouse. Why would you go there? What's up? Why would you go there? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, um, that's a bizarre it's place. It's basically you know. this warehouse that has five different sections in it. They're huge sections. And they're all these like interactive art installations that you can interact with and take pictures with and all this stuff or whatever. And it was so fucking cool. Hence the word interactive. Hence the word. Hmm. But it was so fucking cool. I have tons of pictures. You haven't even seen any of these yet. I showed Jay some. Uh, like, they were just really fucking cool they stuff. They were really fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it was sweet looking. Yeah, like they had, uh, it was Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, It. The Shining and Beetlejuice. Cool. And they were so cool. Like, you know, in Beetlejuice, where like when um, when they first hi- uh, like say his name or whatever, he's in the model mm-hmm. and he's in front of like the stripper Dante's Inferno or whatever. Yeah, it's called. yeah. Like they they had an entire life size rendition of the Dante's strip club like right there, and mm-hmm. it was just really it was just super cool. I'll show you the stuff afterwards. Um, and I'll I'll put these pictures up online. Uh, and then we went to Alamo Draft House. Of course. Of course. And we saw Rambo: Last how, Blood. How was it? Um. It was um, it was a really fun movie, but yeah. it was not objectively a good movie. <laughs> Put it mm, that way. Okay. Unlike Rambo, which is probably one of my favorite action movies of all time, mm-hmm. I love that movie more than I rightfully should. Yeah. Uh, but it's also really good. Yeah. This one is just there's problems with it for really? sure, and it was more of just a gore fest, and it, the Rambo character didn't exactly feel like Rambo, and it. I, I don't know. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Well, I had fun with that's it. That's because he's he's back home on the ranch and he's domesticated. Yeah, which is kind of weird for a Rambo movie because that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, is his new name Ranchbo? Ranchbo. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, too, though, is like 
there's a whole bunch of people giving this movie so much shit right now because it's basically he lives on the border and the Mexicans kidnap his his niece mm-hmm. and now he got to go he has to go kill a whole bunch of Mexicans and they and everyone's just saying like right now in the in in the, the political landscape of right now yeah. this says all of the wrong things basically and like and so people are just looking at this from a way way political way of thinking mm. um the way that I the way I think about it though is this movie was uh, already halfway written yeah. back in 2009. Sure. The first time that I ever heard about him basically going and taking on the Mexican cartel, yeah. which we can all agree are bad fucking people. Yeah. doesn't matter what side of the political fence you're on. Yeah. Um, they, that was already a thing in 2009 when fucking Obama was still in office. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> fucking Obama. Because, because that's how people love to say his name. <laughs> My point is, though, none of the stuff that's going on right now was going on when this whole idea was first hatched. So I don't believe that this was a play on what's happening culturally. I mean, I mean it was. It just wasn't as prevalent. It wasn't what it the, is now, though. Put it that way. Yeah. yeah, sure. And still, he's still taking on sex traffickers and drug yeah, dealers it's, like it's bad people they're still bad people yeah it's not like he's just it's not like he's just killing nice mexican yeah, folks exactly. who just, who just not, want to live their lives he's not it's going guys to who are literally kill mexican yeah. right exactly so i don't i don't buy into that but that unfortunately is overshadowing the movie as a whole right now yeah my my i my uh my opinion on that might be uh, an unpopular one for for the times but my opinion is uh Shut up! <laughs> Just shut up and watch the I movie. Agree. Now the not um, everything has to have a, a I, social commentary. I forget the guy's name, but the <clears> dude <throat> that invented Rambo, the guy that wrote First Blood, the book, um, he is uh, on record saying that he is absolutely embarrassed to have his name on that movie. What? <laughs> Come so on. and because for a lot of those same reasons. But that being said, the Rambo character was different in this, and he felt a little bit yeah. different. And a lot of the crazy, over the top gore was for the sake of crazy over-the-top gore. Unlike in Rambo, it was like... Ten- People are saying this one's more more violent than Rambo. Bullshit. Bullshit. No, Rambo... Well, Ram- I haven't, I, granted, I haven't seen Last Blood yet, but Rambo was yeah, it, am- amazingly gory. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. We can, maybe we'll talk about the Rambo movies one day. Sure. But uh, then we did Halloween Horror Nights. Of course. Um, which was the... the, the the creme de la creme the, of the entire the vacation. Piece, the piece de resistance. The whole reason that we went out there. And uh, it did not disappoint. It was so fucking cool. Um, it was great. I walked probably the equivalent of about a thousand miles in <laughs> six hours. Because um, they had stuff just all over the place in that park. No, are you speaking with hyperbole when you say that? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> Sorry. Yes, hyperbole. Sorry, I'm gonna always oh, bring that up. One thing, one thing that uh, I didn't mention about Treos Tacos, they had great guacamole. Great, <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> um, no, Halloween Horror See, Nights. that's more acceptable because some people actually say guacamole, guacamole. and just leave it at that. Yeah, well, um, Horror Nights was amazing. Uh, I think if I had to choose a favorite maze, it was probably the Us Maze, which I didn't think was going to be. Was it? But it was super awesome. Killer Clowns Maze was super fucking awesome. Well, it might have been because you watched us for the first time a couple days before you it left. It was the scares that were better. Really? Like, like yeah. Like, like, the, it was It was a weird... It wasn't just people popping out at you. Because if you've never been to one of these, they're essentially just really well done haunted houses. Yeah. You know, so things pop out at you, lights, whatever. It's sure. standard haunted house fare, just done to the 10th degree, you yeah. know? Um, but it was just creepy. Like, it was, it was legitimately, like unsettling at times the way like these people would just stand there and stare at you and mm-hmm. not move and it was just it was really fucking weird mm. um killer clowns was amazing the everything was 
everything was great. And I luckily was able to get video of every single maze with exception to the Walking Dead maze. Apparently that's the only maze they don't let you film in. I'm curious. Which doesn't as, make any sense. I'm curious as to why that is. I don't so know. if anybody listening knows why you just for some reason specifically couldn't film in the Walking Dead Could maze. Could be an AMC thing. Let I us don't know. know. Yeah. But they've been doing the Walking Dead ones there for years now. So it's like yeah. I don't really understand. Point is I got like thirty seconds worth of footage until they told me to put my camera away, so it's not really worth posting. Right. And honestly it was the weakest of the maze mazes oh was it um we did every single maze twice um except for that one so well maybe it's because uh who cares about the walk okay there's that there's that (laughs) but uh everything was everything was fantastic the uh (laughs) you know what i was mostly impressed with the fucking 3d transformers ride (laughs) (laughs) the one where it's like not even a real roller coaster and it's all like in 3d and the thing that you're sitting in just moves around like crazy yeah Dude, that was, I walked out of there with the biggest smile on my face because it was so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can Wait, are you, you're wearing basically like a, like an Oculus they're just, sort no, of thing? No, they're or just big... like, they're like, like big thick glasses that you put on. Oh, and then okay. there's a giant like screen that like goes over, over oh, your like top a, and like, it's a completely immersed 360 screen. 360 degree yeah. screen, yeah. And the thing that you're on just moves and shakes and it moves all around, but like when, like when you're flying through the year, you legitimately feel like you're falling and like you're flying. It's, it's insane. Yeah. That's cool. Um, it's super cool. The new Jurassic world, uh, water ride was fucking awesome. Like the whole, the whole trip was amazing. Like I said, I'll post a whole bunch of stuff. Um, make use of our, uh, our YouTube channel finally. And, uh, put up, uh, I'm editing to get a, Together, together. I'm, I'm editing together. <laughs> I'm editing together all of the um, ma- uh, mazes. Yeah. So you know, unfortunately, a lot of them because they're dark. Mm-hmm. You know, my phone could, didn't pick up everything, but the sounds are still really cool. Mm-hmm. And then when stuff does pop out, it's super bright and vibrant, and you know, and all that. So you can hear Mike scream like a, a do, little child. I do giggle a whole bunch, and it's just <laughs> adorable. <laughs> but um, but yeah. Anyway. My vacation was a complete and total success. Cool, man. So that's good. That's thirty minutes of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I didn't talk about? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool, man. It sounds like you guys had a great it, time. No, I do. It was a great time, and it was bookended by great times too. The flight back, we hit some turbulence, which probably wouldn't be uh, very cool to some people. But to me, I find it kind of fun. So I know you, that's weird, but I do. <laughs> so you were the goth girl from Flight, I was, I was flight, the goth girl. flight Seventy Five Hundred. <laughs> That'll make more sense in a little yep. while. But then on the flight there, though, it was a completely sold out flight. They actually kicked people off of our flight to make room. And like um, with their feet? What? Literally. How does that? <laughs> they literally, literally overbooked the fucking How do you flight? oversell a flight? I said the same thing. Every flight does it. Good job, good job Spirit. It's every airline, though. Good they job. all do it. But uh, yeah, no, they literally had to kick some people off because nobody volunteered to take Weird. a different flight. And uh, me and the dude sitting next to me, they shut the doors and were like, there's nobody sitting in the aisle seat, so he just moved over a seat, and we had a blank seat. It was fantastic. Nice. Like, and this, then, did this, you guys hold hands across the aisle? Uh, we did. We did better. Yeah. I joined the Mile High Club um, <laughs> with this man. No, um, we across did across the aisle. We, we did have some drinks together, and we uh, we talked about doing DMT and psychedelics. Oh. Something I've never done, but he had. Sounds so we had, a, we sound, had a great conversation. Was it Joe Rogan? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds to me like a like the start of a lasting. Lasting relationship. Nah, nah, he was weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> hopefully, gonna, hopefully he doesn't listen to the show. I was going to follow that up with, uh, stop encroaching on my territory, motherfucker. That's my man. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm talking that to that guy. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Nobody can have you. If I can't have you, no one can. <laughs> All right, so anyway. <laughs> Jay, we have to keep our stuff under the table now so he can't see 
Um, yeah, is that pretty much <laughs> it? Deal. Gosh. Uh, yes, yes, that's it. Um, oh. that's, uh, that was my last week, and it was amazing. I also and... had the International Day of Games, and all, that's that's all I said. Oh. That's all I'll say yeah. about that. It you was had, fun. You got drunk and you sang karaoke. Got drunk, sang karaoke, played a bunch of lawn games. Yep. It was cool. Got molested. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a story for another time. All right, anyway, that's it. That's it. That's all we've had that's going it. on this week. That, that's that's it. <laughs> uh, skip skip ahead to oh you won't you won't get this. I was going to say skip ahead to thirty minutes if you don't want to hear Mike ramble about his trip. But no, you, won't, you yeah. won't hear this until after Mike's already rambled about it. Jokes on you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's get into some corrections. Yes. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, uh, two corrections, only one of which is from last week. Okay. Uh, so last week's correction is uh, we said that we were timely about going to the theater, that we are usually pretty timely. Yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> we are the worst about going to the theater to see movies. Mm. The worst. We uh, I think Outside you, of I, it. I think you heard it wrong. We didn't say that we were usually pretty timely. No, yeah, you, yeah, no, you did. No, I y- didn't. You did. You did. No. <laughs> this is why me and Mike were laughing about this when we were listening to it. Did you timestamp this? Because I, I disagree. Well, I will pull it up after we are done here, and if I'm wrong, it'll be a correction for next week, yeah. but I'm not wrong. Okay. Uh, the other one is actually back from our Ewok episode. Oh, shit. Um, we all said that Wedge Antilles died. Who? Wedge Antilles. I was going to, I was going through the story about his the friends on the moisture farm and how the, my side story or whatever. And I believe it was Matt and uh, Mark that both said Wedge Antilles was dead. Yeah. And they, they couldn't do a story because they died. He most definitely isn't dead. Oh. At all. Okay. He I was, was going to say, I didn't say that because I don't know who that is. No, no, no. Said, <laughs> no, we talked about it collectively. But uh, yeah, he's not dead. He was at the end of Jedi dancing with the Muppets with everybody else. <laughs> okay. And like there's stories about him afterwards. He ain't dead. So, just correcting that. All right. Vito held me to that one because I hadn't said it yet. Okay. So, there you go. Those are your corrections. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> well, uh, what are we doing this week, Michael? Uh, well, what did I do last week, James? What did you do last week? Yes. You went to California. And so, today on the episode, it's all about flights and flying. Not about California. To <laughs> California. Listen, this whole episode exists because I went on vacation, so I picked up a beer from the place I went to go visit. Yeah, so when we left last week, I was like, hey, Mike, watch a couple of movies while you're on your five-hour flight, and uh, and we'll just call it the, the Mile Die Club. I was like, that's a cool name. Sure. So instead of... Instead of just picking a couple, just because they really could have just been random they movies I didn't that you watched you while saying. you were on a flight, so you could have picked good movies. I didn't understand what you had said, though. So uh, it's not that he didn't understand; it's just that he rarely listens to what I'm saying, uh-huh. which is super annoying. No. Uh, so instead, he picked. Uh, you know, it still goes along with the with the idea of the the show, the Mile Die Club. So he picked two movies that take place on planes. Uh, or jets, rather, yes. 747s to be exact, uh, and they were doozies. The another reason that... that I picked this beer is because we needed something good about this night, and we know this beer is delicious and good. So, <laughs> oh boy! All right, so we 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 uh, we watched Flight 7500 mm-hmm. and Flight of the Living Dead, which Mike told me leading up to watching the movie last night that it's a pretty good movie <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing the first time you saw it you were either very young or very drunk it was about 10 years ago when i saw it 
and drunk. I, I don't think I was drunk, but he had to have mm, been. I watched it with Poker Steve. Okay. That's what I watched it with a All long right. time ago. All right, yep. man. Well, <laughs> to go along with that, uh, like like Mike said, there had to be something good about uh, this this show tonight. So he went and picked up from Ballast Point Brewing Company in San Diego. One of the best California breweries, in my opinion. I love uh, Ballast Point. I've never had a single bad beer from yeah, Ballast Point. I agree. They're always delicious. Victory at Sea is amazing. Mm-hmm. This one is amazing. This is Sculpin. India Pale Ale. And all their beers. A San Diego IPA. All their beers. They're named after fish. I like it. Uh, No, because they have one called Victory at Sea that I like. Well, okay, fine, fine. Ships or or maritime things. Okay. Uh, So, Ballast Point, Sculpin IPA. Uh, 7.0% ABV, 70 IBU. The Sculpin is a testament to our humble beginnings, winning a gold medal at the World Beer Cup 2010 in the International Pale Ale category. It showcases bright flavors and aromas of apricot, peach, mango, and lemon. The lighter body is also the lighter body also brings out the crispness of the hops. The Sculpin fish has poisonous spikes on its fins. Ooh, scary. That can give a strong sting. Ironically, the meat is considered some of the tastiest. Something that has a sting but tastes great. Sounds like a Ballast Point India Pale Ale. Way to bring it around, guys. That sounds was like, cool. That actually sounds like something that... Uh, that uh, what? Spit it out. The Val DeLong would do. Like That's his finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stinger with a great taste. <laughs> Get ready for the sting. <laughs> <clears throat> Dropping fucking venom. I just eat a ton of uh, Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> So it's sour at first and then sweet. <laughs> oh my god! Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm. It's so good. Mm, that's tasty. It's good. It's that delicious. Is, why are you whispering? I'm gonna whisper everything from now on. I hate you. <laughs> I truly hate you. Ah, I hate saying my about, cans off now. Come quat. Oh god, that one's just as bad. <laughs> what the hell? This is good there beer, is, man. There is. Uh, have you ever had this before? Yeah, it's really good. It's so good. It's got. Uh, what did it say? It's got sculpin in it. Oh, see, okay. I was looking I was, for something on the box. I was wondering why you weren't reading off the can, but uh, because I was looking on the box at first and there was nothing there. So this is actually something a little bit different on the on the can. So I'll, I'll read it. Our grapefruit sculpin adds a fresh squeeze of tangy bitterness to our signature IPA. Some may say there are few ways to improve Sculpin's unique flavor, but the tart freshness of grapefruit perfectly complements our IPA's citrusy hop character. Grapefruit, uh, grapefruit's a winter fruit, but this easy drinking ale tastes like summer. I agree. I, I do agree. This is I. We got kind of heavy into the grapefruit flavored stuff, like one or two summers ago. Mm-hmm. This is by far one of my favorite grapefruit. Oh grapefruit. yeah! Oh, it's so good. Mm. Um, this has nothing to do with anything. My buddy just sent me something that I feel like I need to tell you. Sure, why not? It's from uh, a mobile Mario game. Yeah, I believe that it is a Mario Kart type game or something. And <laughs> keep uh, your phone away from the microphone. Mike. And it's got the little like the shell dude in the cloud, you know, with the. Uh, the thing or whatever, and he goes, "Way to go! This calls for a celebration. What better way to celebrate than firing something out of a pipe?" <laughs> <laughs> that is inappropriate. Oh, Nintendo! <laughs> Never let me down. Never let me down. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's why we're drinking this, though. It um, <clears throat> fired out of the pipe, and it's delicious. Mm-mm-mm. Very delicious. 
It signifies my trip to Cali. The movies signify my trip my to flights, Cali. <laughs> my flights to Cali. My trip to Cali. <laughs> there you go. Going back to Cali. <laughs> I didn't listen to California Love once while the whole time I was there. Oh, you silly boy. What's wrong with you? I'm failing at life. Would, I am failing at life. That would make you kind of common, though, wouldn't it? Just sort of basic. Just care. a just just a vanilla white kid listening to California Love. California Love. Okay. What about Californication? I didn't listen just to that either. No, oh, sorry. Nothing? What about uh, California Girls, Katy Perry and Snoop Dogg? Nope. What about California Dreamin'? Yeah. Nope. What the hell's wrong with you, dude? Oh, you know what I did? I listened to Mike, I think, once, or maybe it was me. I think it was me, actually. I listened to myself go, California. Oh, see? At okay. least once. That I'm makes, sure I did it at least once. That makes up for it, then. Yeah, okay, yeah. we're good. Okay, all right, we're good, we're good. All right, <laughs> so, on. yeah, we're. Uh, I, I feel like you're just stalling, because you don't want to get to the next part of the show. I don't. Uh, but we're going to do it anyway. It's time <sighs> to call up... Uh, it's time to call up my cousin Jimmy Tony and see what he thinks about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I hope his internet worked this week because I, don't I know believe that, it did. I don't know that I could stand listening to him just babble for no reason. Isn't that what he does every week? Yeah, but you know, I just yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's get to it. It's Jimmy Tony's marvelous. back from california for the shit really unfortunately jimmy tony there buddy oh hi jimmy i'm in the house hi jimmy didn't didn't realize you were there what's uh what's going on oh for uh, that michael uh hi michael i wish i could say it was good to hear from you man no yeah i'm getting pretty pretty used to that at this point so Uh, well boys uh you know i fancy myself a bit of a spiritual man you know that right um sure let me drop a little uh, scripture on you real quick. <laughs> the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. That's, uh, that's some Job 121 for you boys. Okay. Uh, the Lord gave me something this past week. What's that? Was it cable? No, nah, man, I already got that. <laughs> no, nah, it was uh, it was hope, man. Lots of hope. Oh. Lots of hope. And what the, what the good Lord gave me was hope and faith. When I heard Mike was going to spend a combined 10 hours in the sky in what essentially equates to a, a toilet with wings, <laughs> I thought, there it is. I can finally rid myself of this evil. Yet here we are. Yep. Michael. Sorry to disappoint. I almost kind of respect you, boy. It's a, it's a hell of a feat. I don't know how somebody takes two flights on Spirit in under a week and lives to tell about it. Well, you know, um... <laughs> I, I gotta be honest with you, I was kind of looking forward to meeting those mountains head on that I get away from you, so. Well, we both lost a little bit this week. Yep, yeah, the, uh, the, the fates were not in our, uh, in our, in our corner on that one, my yeah. man. You should go buy a Powerball ticket after this. I, I, I should, I should. <laughs> you should go buy an eight ball. Uh. That's what that, like a magic eight ball? Yeah, two, like two of them. I've never been a fan of billiards, man. <laughs> never been a big fan. It's all about geometry and, uh. Well, to be honest, I didn't I didn't pass geometry, so. Uh, <laughs> Too many. <laughs> yeah, you got something to say there, boy? Nope, nope. What do you right, got? What do you yeah, got? You just keep your mouth shut, will you? Well, uh, this week, boys, I watched Ant Man. All right, finally. Yes, sir. And uh, I'll tell you what. Well, hey, let's get into it, and I'll tell you what. All, All right. right, here's your timer. One minute on the clock. Jimmy Timey and Jimmy Timey. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Timey. I like that. <laughs> Jimmy Tony and <laughs> go. 
All right, when I uh, when I heard this week I was watching Ant Man, I'm uh, I'm thinking, what the shit? You ever <laughs> seen an ant? They're tiny, man. What the hell's ant supposed to do? So I'm like, all right, I, I, I'll, I'll give it a watch. I say, let's who's in, let's see who's in this thing. Paul Rudd <laughs> as a superhero. That's ridiculous to me, boys. I was like, who who who's thinking? Let's see who's got this innate superhero quality. Oh, I know, fucking Brian Fantana. <laughs> How about the dude from Clueless, the one who seduced his 16-year-old stepsister? I mean, damn boy, even the fellas at Pornhub have enough good sense to wait until their stepsisters are 18 before they make their move. Shit. But I got over that quick, boys, because I started this picture, and damn it, if it didn't, if I didn't find it absolutely delightful. It's great. Paul Rudd plays Scott Lang, a self-proclaimed cat burglar with a master's in electrical electrical engineering. That's a story we've all heard a hundred times, right? <laughs> He's recruited by Doctor Hank Pym. Uh, you know, I don't. There's them hounds saying, "Get off my damn lawn!" But shoot them hounds. <laughs> He's recruited by Doctor Hank Pym to pilot the Ant Man suit and control his legion of adorable insect allies to stop Darren Cross from using the technology for the wrong purposes. I get it. It's basically Iron Man, except for with a bunch of damn insects. That's true, it is. Well, (laughs) it's full of great action, it's got inventive fight scenes, hilarious third-person perspectives of tiny warfare, which just made me roll on the floor, I swear to God, and a bond between a man and his flying carpenter ant that rivals any love story I've ever seen. Granted, the closest thing I've ever seen to a love story was Emmanuel 2, so... Uh, <laughs> that was a good one, though. Yeah, that was not quite damn a, good, wasn't not, it? Not quite as good as Emmanuel 3, but, you know... Well. I, I, I watch the entire series <laughs> once a year, my friend. Oh, I'm your right, friend now. Uh, oh, was that Mike? No, fuck off, man. <laughs> All right, uh, how about a few scores to round right. it out? Dr. Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas... He gets a 10 because that boy knows how to take a lick and then keep on ticking. There's a joke in there. If you know it, if you know it, you know it, you know. <laughs> 247, a.k.a. Anthony. Uh, I got to be honest, boys. I wasn't emotionally prepared for what transpired with uh, with old Anthony there. I knew no. it was coming. I just didn't allow myself to believe it. Damn it. Uh, it broke my heart. 247 gets a, a, a 247 to the 10th power. I don't exactly know what 10 to the 10th power means, but I assume it's a big-ass number, and that's what that boy's worth to me. Uh, last but not least, how about uh, how about old Ant-Man there? Mm-hmm. He gets a 10 for a man redeemed. I mean, he starts off at the beginning of this movie. He's, uh, he's, he's in prison. His life is in shambles. Working at damn Baskin-Robbins, he can't see his daughter, and he, uh, he redeems himself. But... Uh, I also got to give him a two because his stepsister was 16 years old, man. I told you guys I was over it, but I'm really not. I'm really not. And uh, you know what? I'll throw one more in there. I'm going to give Baskin Robbins a 31 because Baskin Robbins always finds out. (laughs) (laughs) And I love uh, their product. Yeah, it's hard to beat, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, anyway. It's no no Scoops Ahoy, though. Scoops Ahoy. What's that? Uh, You know what? I'll tell you when you're older. 
but you better you better hurry up, man. I, I got about uh, two good years left in me. I'll tell you in four. Live fast and die young. That's my <laughs> my philosophy. All right, boys. Well, I gave this one a uh, an eight point five overall. I really enjoyed the hell out of it. All right, nice. all right. Yes, yes, boys. And that's it for me this week. I'm gonna see you next week. Well, hey, right. be- before you get out of here, last week you were having cable issues. Did they get that all uh, all set up and fixed up for you or, or with your internet? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. You know what? It turns out it was. Uh, I didn't know this at the time, but apparently hooking into your neighbor's internet <laughs> is not technically allowed. Says who? Uh, I apparently says damn Comcast. So uh, we got it all figured out, boys. I put the I put the wire underground. Now they don't know. <laughs> That's one way to do it, Jimmy Tony. That's the way to do it, boys. All right, I'll see you boys next week. All right, Jimmy Tony. Uh, Ant Man was really good. I haven't seen it since it came out, but uh, I kind of had a feeling he was going to enjoy it. Yeah, I, I had a feeling. That's right up his alley. It really. Well, you know, I, you know, there's probably a lot of stuff up his alley. Ants. You know, remnants of Beverly, lots of lots of stuff. You talking about Jimmy? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't strike me as a clean man. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I've I've met cleaner men. Not in this room. I've met cleaner men in back alleys. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's. Uh... <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hey, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. That was Jimmy Tony. Let's get into the bleed feed. Um, usually, usually we're less uh, less than sensitive about this kind of stuff. But uh, last week, last week we had talked about uh, Mr. Sid Haig mm. and how he hadn't passed away after his brush with. Uh, uh, we don't know, really. We don't know, but his his brush with some bad times, you know. And unfortunately, uh, before our last episode came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Sid Haig uh, took another turn, it sounds like, and he did end up passing away, yeah. which is super sad. Yeah. I actually found out about it the morning, I believe it was the morning that we were going to Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, you did? Uh, I found out about that, and it was sort of fitting because you know we went to the house with Thousand Corpses maze, mm. and uh, I, I, I almost kind of felt like when I was going through it that I was like seeing Sid Haig mm-hmm. again. I know it sounds kind of weird and dumb, but like no, I, I kind of felt like that. Like, every like time a I saw, sentimental like, kind of moment. Sort of, yeah. yeah like, every time I saw him that night, and I'm sure a lot of other people probably thought same thing mm-hmm. but um yeah that's pretty um it's pretty crazy weird timing of events that happened there but uh but yeah sid haig on um saturday so i'm sorry he passed away the day before i went so there, he but, passed away on uh, the 21st right yeah saturday the 21st he passed away uh, sid haig was 80 years old we still don't know exactly what happened um you know he's from from what we've been able to piece together from people talking about him he was he was obviously sick with something yeah and the way we had talked about how you know he you could just you could physically tell that he was yeah. there was something going on with him he was battling something everybody in the know has been pretty ambiguous about yeah. it which is fine i mean sure. it's you know out of respect for the family yeah. who doesn't I mean, want to talk about it i'm sure that's i would be interested it, to but, know but oh, of course yeah but you know if it doesn't come out it doesn't come out that's that's their own personal business right but um, yeah, Sid Haig, um, obviously best known for Captain Spaulding. That was probably his most defining role, mm-hmm. as far as you know the character goes. Like it, so Captain Spaulding was everywhere mm-hmm. after A Thousand Corpses came out, and then especially after Devil's Rejects. Like you couldn't go, you couldn't go anywhere. Talk about Halloween, talk about horror movies without Captain Spaulding coming up. You mm-hmm. know, and and Sid Haig, like he had been around. We talked about this last week. He'd been around for for so long. He's he was in something like. 
someone said I I think I'm reading this right. It was like 250 TV shows. 250 TV shows. Something like that. Wow. Yeah. Like his 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 list of his his list of uh, credits is is insane. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so stupid. Like he worked with people like um. He worked with Alfred Hitchcock. He worked with Clint Eastwood. He worked with Quentin Tarantino. He worked with like the biggest like upper echelons of who you can work with. He did it all. Yeah. He worked with fucking Lucille Ball. <laughs> like that's just crazy to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, guy lived the, like a, an amazing life, you know. In the horror uh, horror genre, you had um, he was in Galaxy of Terror. Uh, Kill Bill Two, like I said, with Quentin Tarantino. Galaxy of Terror, where he had uh, the one, just the one line. One line. I, that was his request, from my understanding. I live and I die by the crystals. Yeah, like it was. It was. It was like his his uh, request to not have lines, though. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, uh, Bone Tomahawk, apparently. Yeah, yeah, he's in the beginning of Bone Tomahawk. Oh, I yeah. forgot about mm-hmm. that. Um, so many Lords of Salem, Creature, Dark Moon Rising. So many, so many movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a bummer, man. And it's a real, real bummer. I thought after we had heard about what we had heard, <clears throat> he was going to pull through and it was going to be, you know, he was going to be good. Obviously, you knew he was in a bad way, but, you know, yeah. you hear those stories. Oh, he rebounded. He's doing good. Okay, cool. We're, we got through those woods and, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, we got a chance to meet him a couple of years ago. We did. At, you guys, uh, you guys Motor did, City Nightmares. You guys did more than me, unfortunately. I kind of saw him as he was trying to leave and he was a little grumpy. That was, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't blame him, I though. Him, he wanted to go eat. The way I, I said it on Facebook, I, you could tell, like, it, it, it was the second day of the, the um, conference. Sure. And you could tell he had been talking for two straight days with hundreds of people. Sure. And he was tired, but he was, he was so friendly to me and Aaron when we, and you and I weren't even going to approach him yeah we're just like ah he doesn't he doesn't look like he wants to talk to anybody and aaron was like well come on he's sitting right there let's go talk to him i'm happy we did though and he was amazingly friendly just yeah. a genuinely Listen, nice guy you could tell he wanted to go he was on sure, his way yeah. out we kind of stopped him from it but he was still he still stopped and talked to us and you know it was um, yeah and he didn't try to rush through it or brush us off or anything like no, that he, he sat and talked to us for a few minutes and it was very cool yeah nice guy so uh, yeah, uh, it's rest a, in it's peace, a, uh, Sid Haig. Yeah, it's a big loss for it's a, m- it's movies in general and the world in general. Yeah, and all the people we sort of look up to knew him. So yeah. it's like you're reading all of these, you know, all these people giving their 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 stories about Sid or whatever, and it's, right. they're, they're kind of cool to read because it's like he's living on, and I mean he will always live on because of sure. film. That's the great part about film. After you pass on, like you're never forgotten because mm-hmm. there's a record of everything. A that legacy, you did, a real you know? legacy. Um. So yeah. Oh. So raise one, raise one high for Sid. Yeah, this was a big one. Rest in peace, Sid. Rest <laughs> in power, as they say. Rest in power. All right. All right. On to some. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> you got another one. Well, no, no one else died like recently, but uh, George Romero did die, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. He did a couple <laughs> years ago. It's been uh, 2017 is when he passed away. I think he passed because we also saw him at Motor City Nightmares, and I think he passed away shortly after yeah, that. Yeah, it was. It was within six months, I think, something like that. I think it might have been even been, well, I guess that was, what, March of 2017? Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Uh, anyway, though, uh, George Romero uh, was working, before he passed away, he was working on a novel that he was going to take his Of the Dead series into print form for the first time and mm-hmm. write a novel that was just called The Living Dead. Um, he passed away before the book was finished. However, author Daniel Krauss, I have to imagine he worked with Romero. There's a connection that I have to imagine there was. Sure. Um, he finished George Romero's book. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be available on June 9th, 2020. So, very awesome. Also, uh, after George Romero's death, his wife... Um, basically made it known that there was a movie he made back in 1973 called uh, The Amusement Park. 
And this is a movie that nobody outside of a few choice people had ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's got an hour running time, I believe, sixty minute running time, and it was yeah. basically like a PSA for something. I, I I don't really know too much about it, but it um it's going to be playing. They got it uh they got it um refurbished mm-hmm. the whole film they gave the whole thing a fresh coat of paint mm-hmm. got it restored and it's going to be playing on october 12th at pittsburgh's uh regent square theater cool so uh, if you're in pittsburgh and you're a george romero fan which i'm pretty sure everybody in pittsburgh is a romero fan yeah go see this movie because it might be the only time you get to see it hopefully they I will i think that's actually the, the the city's uh motto isn't it What's Pitt- that? pittsburgh is for romero lovers that's it yeah or uh, Pittsburgh is for Romero or Pittsburgh. I, yeah. I'm trying to make a joke here and it's just not working. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Neither one of them landed, so it doesn't matter. No, no, not, neither one. Uh, but that's pretty cool, though. It was, it was like a Spirit Airline flight. Just crashed and burned. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you're making these jokes after I got back. Um, but yeah, if you live in the Pittsburgh area, though, that'd be a really, really cool thing to go see. Yeah. The long lost Romero film. I wish that I could attend. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Okay, so going from old things that weren't released to new things that aren't released yet, we have uh, Guillermo del Toro is master storyteller, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he is just what? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I got my I got my notes out. I was ready. Oh, here comes Blu-rays, and then you you're like, so Guillermo del Toro, and I just kind of set it back down, like oh, in <laughs> no. in, in defeat, down boy. <laughs> I thought it was um, my turn. Guillermo del Toro has partnered with Amazon to publish original short stories, which is really cool because yeah. I would love to read like a world of del Toro weaving stories and yeah. all that. Be awesome. Cool. Unfortunately, not going to come out until 2021. Mm-hmm. So we got a little bit of time. Apparently, it takes time to write. Who knew? <laughs> right. Time. Um, Stephen King shits out a book every month. Come on. Come on, Del Toro. Um, but uh, pretty cool, but they're also going to be an audiobook form, uh, which you can get on Audible. So there you go. But uh, <laughs> So get your sign up now, and then in two years, these these Del Toro stories are going to exactly. come out. Exactly. Pretty cool. Um, this is uh, a rumor that has now confirmed that has been around for a while, but Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum are all confirmed to be returning in Jurassic World 3. Nice. Fucking awesome. Very right? cool. Uh, moving on. Um, let's see here. It has been five years, five whole years, if you can believe it, since myself, you, and your lovely wife sat in a movie theater and watched a little movie about a man turning another man into a walrus. Uh-huh. <laughs> it has been five years since the release of Kevin Smith's Tusk. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to celebrate that, Kevin Smith has released a brand new 90-minute documentary for free, on YouTube. Oh, sweet. So if you're into Kevin Smith and you're into Tusk, which is such a good movie, <laughs> like it's weird, yes, but it's so good. It's very quirky. Yeah. It's my second time watching it. I liked it a lot more. Oh, I, I love the Because I don't time. think I knew what I was getting into when I went to see it at the at the theater. No, no one did, in all no. fairness. So. But uh, but it's fantastic. Um, let's see here. One more thing before we go to blues. Um, this is exciting. So we, we often talk about the rights with Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that hasn't been talked about are the mm-hmm. rights with A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, And it uh, turns out A Nightmare on Elm Street rights have reverted back to Wes Craven's estate. Oh. Uh, they basically pulled the same move that uh, Victor Miller did after 35 years. They wanted to regain the rights, mm-hmm. and so they did. But unfortunately for them, there was no red tape, and they were able to do it, and they now own the rights again. Wow. Which is very exciting, because now they can do anything with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not being held up by any studio or anything like that. They can shop it around to any studio that, that wants it, that is a good story. So hopefully pretty soon here, we will get some new Nightmare on Elm Street happenings. And, uh, With Kevin Bacon playing Freddy. 
Uh, yes, sure. That's been a thing. I know. Kevin, Kevin... I, I still don't know that I'm sold on it. I, I, go, I go back and forth on it. Like sometimes I think it's a great idea. Sometimes I think it's maybe not so good. I think but... he's. I think he's got it in him. No, I don't know. It would definitely be better. Although I love Jackie Earl I mean, Haley. He is it, dreamy. It, he is dreamy. <laughs> right. Um, it, it would be better than Jackie Earl Haley. Listen, even Jackie, though I love him, I do. Jackie I like Earl him. Haley. I think was still a fantastic choice. That it was, was the material and the way that they directed him that was terrible. Right. That movie was a that movie was a victim of of studio interference, basically. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know what's not a victim of uh, studio interference? What? Blu-ray release dates. Oh, I'm not ready. It's also a total lie because <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> All right. Uh, 47 Meters Down Uncaged, which we have yet to see. The sequel to 2017's Shark Attack flick will be headed to digital 4K Ultra HD on October 29th and Blu-ray Combo Pack DVD and On Demand on November 12th. And will feature audio commentary from writer-director Johannes Roberts, producer James Harris, and writer... That was, that was the name they had a hard time with? Johannes Roberts. Roberts <laughs> uh, producer James Harris and writer Ernest Riera. And a featurette called Diving Deeper, Uncaging 47 Meters Down. Yeah. 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 Andre Overdahl's Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is headed home on digital October 22nd and on 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD on November 5th. The cinematic adaptation of the popular books of the same name was produced by Guillermo del Toro. The 4K, Blu-ray, and digital special features will include six featurettes, uh, with the DVD release only featuring two of those featurettes. So pick up the Blu-ray. Pick up the Blu-ray. Who buys DVDs anymore, anyway? Um, I don't know. Nobody. People? Nobody. Um, Rob Zombie's newest offering, Three from Hell, has been confirmed for a mid-October release. You can find it in uh, 4K Ultra HD Combo Pack, which also comes with Blu-ray and digital. Blu-ray Combo Pack, DVD, digital, and on-demand on October 15th. The release will also feature audio commentary with writer-director Rob Zombie. Also, the 4K and Blu-ray discs will feature the blood-soaked, unrated cut of the film. Ooh. Yeah. There's also a four-hour documentary, I'm pretty sure, that comes with those two. Four-hour documentary? Yep. Well, I'll be damned. There is a, or four part, maybe. Four I think part. it's four part, yeah. Well, there was a three hour documentary on, no, no, I'm sorry. It was a five hour documentary on Halloween. I'm pretty sure. There was? Yeah. I'm, wow. It was long. It was so incredibly long. Jeez Louise. All right. All right. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, the 1973 made for TV horror film about a couple who buy a mysterious old house that turns out to have some demon inhabitants that never left. We'll be hitting shelves with a brand new 1080p master from the 4K scan of the original camera negative, courtesy of Warner Archive. No release date just yet, but it has been confirmed that it will include two brand new commentaries. Ooh. So look out now. Last but not least, uh, this is a little update on the release of Ari Aster's Midsummer. Uh, la- last week, was it? I think that we were talking about this last week or the week before we mentioned that the much discussed director's cut of the film would be available only through Apple TV. Oh yeah. Uh, it seems now that the extended cut of the film will be available on Blu-ray through Amazon UK. Okay. Uh, so if you have a region free player <laughs> and you want to grab that, it'll be available on Amazon UK on October 28th. That's so dumb. That's like the U.S. rights getting caught up in some Apple bullshit. Some bull. So stupid. Some straight up bull. All right. Um. So we were just talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street rights. We were. Another uh, another uh, 
popular franchise, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. uh, also has changed rights mm-hmm. uh, relatively recently. Legendary Pictures now owns the rights to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh. You know, they had been talked. We I think we had talked before about how they were in talks to get it, and they were going to do a TV show and some movies and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Well, that's official now. They they did officially get it, and uh, they're actively developing a new film with Fetty Alvarez Ooh. producing, not directing, but producing. Okay. On and Fetty Alvarez, you know him most notably from the Evil Dead remake, which was fantastic. Excellent. So good. Um, now uh, it says here, uh, Bloody Disgusting was reporting this, and they said uh, while plans aren't set in stone, uh, we are hearing that's Bloody Disgusting. We're mm-hmm. hearing that the hope is to make a direct sequel to Hooper's '74 film, similar to what Blumhouse and Universal have done with Halloween. Nice. So the thing about retconning, which I I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fantastic. You know, Chop Top, the whole deal. Like I love those characters. I love I love that version of Leatherface too. Um, it's a little bit more zany, comedic, like a little more Rob Zombie almost. Yeah. Um, now, Leatherface 3 was was decent, and the rest are just whatever. But I'm actually kind of okay with them doing this. I, I like these whole divergent, different universe kind of things. Yeah, as long as, they're done, you know, as long as they're done properly. Yeah, I'm completely okay with them, though. Like, you know, like the whole like, retconning stuff, you're not, they're not erasing those other movies from the face of the earth. Right. So I, I like, you know, alternate timeline. Well, what if, what if they did this instead of this? You know, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool. So uh, choose your own adventure, if you will. Um, before we move on from that, just that this is relevant. <clears throat> um, we were, do you ever watch CBS Sunday morning? No. It's, no. I love it. It's, uh, it, I, I call it the old man news show. Cause it's not, it's That's not really, I don't watch it. It's not really, it's, I, dude, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday mornings with a cup of coconut coffee, watching the old man news show. It's, that's, that's coconut that, coffee. Yeah. Co- like co- coconut cream. Yeah, dude. It's Bailey's, dude. What? Shut up. Bailey's. I, I mean, I like Bailey's, <laughs> but I've got children too. Give them Bailey's. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little nip. They'll keep them um, a little bit more quiet in the morning. So CBS Sunday morning, they do, instead of uh, like the normal boring bullshit that you see on every news uh, uh, news show, it's they do editorial pieces and like human interest pieces and stuff like that. It's really cool. You should watch it. But they just did, uh, they were doing an interview with... <sighs> <clears throat> Come again? <laughs> they were doing an interview with Renee Zellweger. And to my surprise, they started showing footage of uh, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. Really? And started talking to her about it. Really? And I thought that she had completely struck yeah. that from her history. Yeah. Because there was a whole thing uh, just last year. They got their likenesses removed from the box art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, they started talking about, about it, and I was like, uh, it, the the volume was kind of low, and so I didn't hear all of it, but they were just discussing her, you know, like, her start in Hollywood and how they were, I, I don't So you were in this movie <laughs> called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Renee, tell us all about it. It's not, that's annoying, by the way, and it's not all, all old people. I just call it the old man news show because there's something very... I don't know. Old I, I think it's and new. I think it's the. <laughs> I think it's the uh, the feeling of the show. It just feels like something that your grandpa would watch. But okay. uh, I liked my grandpa's mic, so I watched the same kind of stuff that they did. But yeah, so they were talking about that, and it took what me by, about took it? me by surprise. I can't remember, dude. Just don't don't don't. The press volume me on was it. too low. Just. Just yeah, I already told you that the volume okay. was too low for me to hear anything. But it just t- it took me by surprise that they were actually discussing it because I thought that she had tried to erase that from her history. I thought so too. Yeah, weird. So anyway, 
that's it for the news. <laughs> nice. Well, do that's going to bring us... Continue. I was just going to say, do you want to do our fun fact or our, our, uh, our fun thing over here? Oh... Uh, let's hit the fun fact first. All right, let's do it. All right, so we'll bring us... It's a stupid fact. First, oh, I'm proper. sorry. <laughs> so that's going to bring us to our stupid fact today. And we got some stupid airplane knowledge coming your way here. I'm really happy we're doing this after I got back. Because I feel like uh, <laughs> this would not bode well with me. So did you guys know that pilots and co-pilots are required to eat different meals when on a flight? Oh, yeah. Though it's not technically mandated by the FAA, most airplanes, uh, airlines require the pilots and co-pilots to eat different meals in case one is tainted. Yeah, makes sense, actually. It, yeah, does, it really yeah. does. That's smart thinking, man. And I got one more for you, because I, I like this one, too. At any given time, there are 9,700 planes and 1.2 million people in the sky. Jeez. That's crazy to think about, isn't it? It's it really is. It's crazy to think about that in terms of, like, they, th- they say that flying is the safest, safest way to travel. And it's true with that many people in the air all the time. That's it's nuts. The, it's the safest way to travel. Yeah, wow. that's that's st- statistically, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. pretty crazy. One point yeah. two million people just up there, like, hey, like, what's yeah. up, man? It's I mean, its own country. <laughs> you hear about car accidents and people dying car accidents all the time. Mm-hmm. Then think about how many you don't hear about. If a plane crashes, you hear about it. Right. Oh, it, it actually says on here that would make the skies the 156th most populous country in the world, right? Between Estonia and East <laughs> Timor, T-I-M-O-R, I guess. Timor. 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 Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's funny. So the sky is actually more more heavy, heavily populated than some countries in the world. Yes. That's wild. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All we, right. should, we should own the sky, man. Let's move to the sky. Can you buy this guy? I want to buy this guy. <laughs> I don't know. The Space Force might might, uh, <laughs> might say no to that. <laughs> Just to let you guys know, the sky is flat. What? I thought it was cu- cube, cubicle. No, no, the Earth Cubular. is cube. Oh, the but sky, the sky is, is flat. flat. That makes sense. Are you guys done? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's your stupid fact of the day, and boom, that was the news. Uh, now, before we move on to the tofu, yes. I, I brought something in today that I figured uh, might be a fun little thing. Uh, this is called the mystery Oreo. Oh yeah, and it is a uh, it's a it's a contest that Oreo has going on. This is a limited edition Oreo with a mystery flavor cream. Okay, and basically you have to taste it and figure out what it is, and then you can make a guess as to what it is on their official website. Is this for a Val DeLong video? Uh, <laughs> is the flavor your seed? <laughs> no, this is actually for a Jimmy Von Sex video. Uh, it says, guess the flavor for a chance to win $50,000. Okay, so right, I'm We're always like taste testing beers on this show. I figured it might be fun to taste test these Oreos and see if we can figure out what the flavor is. I'm into it. Uh, it admittedly, I have already had one, and I already have a guess as to what it is. There's like 12 these? of them missing. What do you mean you had one? Well, my kids and my wife have been eating some too. Can so. I dip these into my beer? Is that going to taint them? It might taint it, yes. Oh, I know that smell. Yeah, so smell it. Yeah. Really get a good sense for. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump in just yet because I already have a, a guess as to what it is. So. You, oh wait! It just hit me like the smells. What do you think it is? Ooh. Tell me what you're picking up. Like, tell me the hints. The. I want I, I want to the... taste it first before I give anything away. Well, just no, no. I, I don't want. I don't want. I don't for, want to discuss it, James. For me, the some the smell well, is something fall like. If we don't discuss it, this will be boring to listen okay. to. <laughs> I. It smells to me. Yeah. I'm. am getting a hint of cinnamon. Cinnamon, definitely. Yeah, that's I'm what getting. I'm getting. Um. I'm d- definitely. What else? See, but, but if we, we're gonna give oh. this away, the, everyone, oh. everyone's gonna be able to guess this though. On, that doesn't matter. To our show. That doesn't matter. All right. 
We'll put our answer in. First. I think I know. I know exactly what this is. What do you think it is? I think this is French toast. That's okay. what, that's what I think this yep. is. Oh, oh, oh wait, hold on. I'm, I'm I left out a part. I left out okay. a part. There okay. is a clue on the back of the package. I think this oh, is French thanks. toast. There's a clue on the back of the package that says its name is stole and history kept. Its name it stole and history kept, perhaps from a creature that lives on the step. But step is is spelled S T E P P E. Okay. So do you know what a step is? No. It's a it's a grassland like a like a large grassy plain. Is is like the, France on a large grassy plain? Do you have an idea? What are you thinking? I think it's French toast. You think it's French toast? I, I think it's French toast. French toast okay. uh, crunch. Where was it? What was that cereal? Mm. Is it French toast crunch? Is that what it was? Yeah. The, Waffle crisp. No, I mean it could be a cereal because I, if I'm not mistaken, last year's flavor was fruity pebbles. So it seems like they choose, like they they could potentially be choosing flavors based off of other. Uh, do they own fruity pebbles? Is uh, the same it's, company? It's Nabisco. Is it Nabisco? No idea. No idea. Actually, uh, I mean, fruity I'm, pebbles I mean, is I mean, General I'm Mills, but I think. Okay, go ahead. Taste the. I was going to say, taste the cream first. This is some ASMR stuff. You gotta be as crunchy in the uh, in the mic uh, mic microphone as possible. It doesn't taste as much like what I think <laughs> that it smells like. Uh -huh. I'll be honest with you, but I'm having a hard time picking up any discernible taste from it. No, I actually think the cookie tastes different. I don't. You didn't taste the cookie by itself, though. Smell like take a take a piece of the cookie and smell just the cookie. I think the cookie smells like graham cracker. And tastes like graham cracker. It does. You're right. It actually does. You're not wrong. And what I get from the cream is cinnamon and a little bit of honey. And based off of that and the clue that they gave us. Yep. The clue again is its name it stole and history kept perhaps from a creature that lives on the step. I didn't know what step meant. So I looked it up. Grassy plain, like the like the Great Plains. Well, what kind of creatures live on the Great Plains? But then... Bison. Yes, bison. <laughs> but then I started thinking about cinnamon and graham cracker and honey. Why does that taste so familiar? And then I started thinking about things that live on the step. A creature could be a human, correct? Sure. We, we humans are creatures. A name that, a name that stole in history kept... Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Grams. Teddy Grams. Oh my God, because, I think you're, I because think you're a, right. Because a te teddy bears are named after Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah. And Theodore Roosevelt grew up in the Great Plains. Give me another one of those. Right? And so Teddy Grams are named after Teddy Bears. Mm -hmm. And Teddy Bears are named after Theodore Roosevelt, who grew up on the Great Plains, a.k.a. the Step. I think it's Teddy Grams. That's my official guess. I think you're a hundred percent correct. I can right? even taste that right in the, yeah. in the cookie. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I think yeah. You know what? I wouldn't have picked that up. I haven't had a Teddy Graham in probably ten years. But I I I have them quite often because my kids like them. So I think you're hundred percent correct. That's my official right. guess. Did so, you submit? I'm I'm gonna submit it under our under the Buzzkill well, podcast well, wait, before wait, the show release. We, we could all do it separately. It's I already three, it's three more guests. Yeah, we'll we'll do it all separately and we'll do it under the Buzzkill podcast. And then if we're white, right, we have, and you can you can answer every single we are day, white. huh? We are white. We are white. You can answer every single day leading up to the announcement. 
or leading up to I think you're November right. or something. Those are delicious, by the way. They're too. really good, aren't they? Super good. So what, I know so that if you follow my personal Instagram account, uh, you might know that I have kind of a thing about Oreos. Like I think that Oreo should just stop fucking around with their flavors. <laughs> An original single stuffed Oreo is a perfect. Uh, it's a perfect vessel. It is. Flavor, yep. It's a perfect flavor vessel. They need. They need more mustard though. They need more uh, mustard. No. Right, a little bit of mustard on top would be good. It was good. We did that. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. You guys are disgusting. We almost made eat. Mike vomit. But, yep. uh, he he ate like. mustard the other day, and he liked it. You ate mustard? I had a mustard-based sauce, mm. and I liked it. Oh, that's different. The finger-looking good sauce from KFC. It's uh, it's delicious, and it's definitely mustard-based. i got to try it. So. Go get All a right. famous bowl and just dump, sh- dump some on there. All right. Can we yeah, get to our show now? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. All right, yeah. So that's uh, that's the mystery Oreos and <laughs> mystery Oreos. Oh, mystery Oreos. My, my mouth is too coated with flavor. <laughs> I can't speak properly. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about uh, terror in the skies. Yeah. How high we fly, the mile high, the mile die. <laughs> I don't remember the name so of our episode. It's in there. It's in there somewhere. Throughout this Dulce, faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. We got We must. Do we? We must. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the spirit of saving the best for last, we're gonna start Which one's with. The best? <laughs> we're gonna start with. You know what? I can actually make that distinction. We're gonna start with *Flight of the Living Dead*. Oh, okay. Uh, because this movie is abysmal. <laughs> like that's the only word that I can use to describe it. It's. I own this movie, which means I actually spent money on it once upon a time. Probably used for a couple bucks, so I don't feel so bad about it. But um, Keep in mind, uh, rewind the show about an hour, and I mentioned how Mike said that this was a pretty good movie. When I watched it <laughs> ten years ago or whatever it was, uh, I, apparently my brain then didn't know what it knows now. It's, that's all I can say. Um, yeah, this movie sucks. It's It's just not a good movie <laughs> at all. Um, Flight of the Living Dead from 2007 is directed by a guy named Scott Thomas. You would know him from nothing else because he has not done much of anything else, of note <laughs> especially. Um, synopsis here, you have a mad scientist. Okay, any any movie starting with a well, mad uh, scientist. To be fair, he's produced 15 movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Like what? Oh, do you actually want me to run through them? <laughs> is there anything that seems like... I mean, it's only... At all? It's only... Oh, and he's directed seven movies. So that's probably the more important thing here. So we're going to go with the, the ones that he's directed. Okay. Silent Assassins from nope. 1988. Nope. A Place to Hide. Nope. One West, one West Waikiki. Mm, yeah, I, one, nope. I, I, I put a weird emphasis on that. One West Waikiki. Uh-huh. Uh, Anacardium. Nope. Uh, Latin Dragon. Nope. Yesterday's Dreams. Wait, Latin Dragon. Holy shit. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Is that starring... Uh, 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 Lorenzo Lamas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary Busey. <laughs> I've heard of that before. I, I've wow. never seen it, but I've heard of it. Nice. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. Well, I guess it's not 
So bad. He worked with Lorenzo Lamas so, uh, and Gary so, uh, so I think that you could say this guy's got a pedigree. He's, uh, he's, <laughs> this, guy's do, this guy's doing life good. Oh, um, let's see here. A mad scientist transferring a dead woman in a freezer with an armed guard on a plane to Paris. That's not a sentence. <laughs> IMDb, <laughs> that is not a sentence. Um, after a bit of turbulence, the freezer breaks down and she is awake, then turns into a zombie and starts to infect all on board. God, these IMDb uh, synopsis are... Uh, they're just the worst sometimes. <laughs> you know what, though? It reflects the movie. It reflects the movie. Um, I'd go through a cast, but I, what's the point? Um, you have I, well, you know, hold on, Kevin O'Connor. Kevin J. O'Connor is in it. Kevin J. O'Connor in it. He plays Frank. Uh, he's actually really funny in it. I'll give him that. Like He's actually pretty good. And then you also have uh, Eric Avari, who plays Dr. Bennett. Eric Avari is, uh, he plays, uh, I think that he actually might be of Egyptian descent. Because he looks like it, and he does play. And he, no, 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 no. He does. He has a uh, the olive complexion. He looks like somebody that would be from. That's not a bad thing. He looks. <laughs> he looks like he could be Egyptian. Um, but okay. he does play an Egyptian in a lot of movies, though, too. Yeah, he does. He does. He's actually. Uh, he's in one of my personal favorites, which is uh, Stargate. I've never seen Stargate. Oh, dude, I need I to. I own it on movie. good old Laserdisc, but uh, never actually seen it. I even know one of his lines from it. Oh yeah, Bunny Way. Funny way. <laughs> He's speaking a different language. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about a candy bar. <laughs> oh, okay. Inter- okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, other than that, though, none of these other, none of these people matter. It, it, <laughs> it, they just don't. I'm sorry, they don't. Um, well, hold on. Did you did you mention um, Mr. Crisp, uh, Richard Tyson? I did not. We have to talk about Dick Tyson because. How do we now? Not only well, first of all, I know him best from Kindergarten Cop. Okay. Because I love that movie. Okay. Uh, and actually, now that I'm looking at his IMDb, he was also in this this little gem right here, Battlefield Earth. Ooh, <laughs> stupid <laughs> humans! <laughs> uh, he was in Black Hawk Down. Like he's actually been he's in something about Mary. He's been in quite a few movies. Okay, he's been around then. But uh, no, I know him. I know him best as uh, Mr. Crisp from from uh, Kindergarten Cop. Mr. Crisp. Mr. Crisp. Oh, uh, but he he's also where we came up with the the porn name. Uh, what the hell was it? Uh, Val, Val DeLong. DeLong. Because he looks we, like we, Val Kilmer. We paused it. We paused it, and Mike goes, Mike goes, oh my god, that looks like Val Kilmer. And I go, no, it doesn't. It looks like Tom DeLong. So <laughs> hence the name Val DeLong. Two guys known for their smashing good looks. <laughs> He's literally what happens if you were to smash those two heads together. Wait, 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 hold on. Were you being facetious there? Yes. 100%. Dude, Val Kilmer was a dreamboat when no, he was younger. No, this is fat Val Kilmer. Oh, this is, like, this is like twixed <laughs> Val Kilmer. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is, I've seen some shit Val Kilmer. <laughs> this is not Island of Dr. Moreau, Batman Val Kilmer, okay? There's a very big difference. Uh, David Chisholm, who plays Truman Burroughs, which mm-hmm. is kind of a cool... It, it that's got to be that's got to be uh, like Truman Capote and William S. Burroughs combined, right? Um, I'm guessing be. I'm guessing the writer of this movie fancies himself like a sort of a a beat like a a, a beat author Beatnik? connoisseur. No, a beat author a beat, connoisseur. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, it's Truman Capote. Well, I guess no, Truman Capote wasn't a, a beat author. William S. Burroughs was. Burroughs was for sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Part of that beat generation, David <laughs> David Chisholm. What do you think his porn name is? <laughs> David Chisholm. <laughs> that's that's his porn name. Oh, except for with a different. Uh... 
Yes. Okay. Yes. I see. I, I see where you're going with it. You're looking at me. You're looking at me with this incredulous look, like, like I don't know what I'm talking. Yeah. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, um, so, so basically, what you have in this movie is uh, people aboard a flight. There's a lot of there's a lot of different characters. They spend a they spend a few minutes in the beginning of the movie, kind of setting up these different characters for you, all of whom are insufferable, super in depth too. Oh god, they're all <laughs> terrible. There's like the some of the writing in the beginning of this movie is just amazing. Uh, there's there's the guy, so there's the two uh, couples, mm-hmm. but their wives hate each other. Yeah. So, oh, that, oh my god, that one that one chick is insufferable. Like, she, oh my god, she's the worst. <laughs> and so, so the guys are like, "We're just going to Paris because we want to have a good time." And the chicks are like, "We're gonna fight the whole time." And it's just, you know, it's causing a tension. It's causing tension between mm-hmm. the two couples. And meanwhile, the dudes are just like, "We just want to play football on the plane, dude." <laughs> they that actually voice, start playing. That, that voice is great, by the way, for for those characters. <laughs> they're they're so they're so. Uh, they're so like stereotypical dude bro kind of guys. But isn't the one? Like, the I one... just like I just want to go to Paris. Is there good surf in Paris? I, or something? I, maybe I don't know. Well, be, I, he, he wants to go to Paris keeps, to surf. The I know. Guy, I, I have guy no keeps idea. talking about. I, I have no. If anybody in Paris is listening to this, let us know. Then <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds of that? Um, he's like, oh, we're just going to. We're going to surf. Like, can you stop fighting with? You this? know, that's the whole reason for the trip, babe. <laughs> And then, and then he says something else about uh, it, they set him up as like a surfer, but also like a sorority dude, and also mm-hmm. a jock, and also a, I don't know a, a rapper or something. It's like they had twenty other characters they wrote out of the script and formed them all into one. It's just an, an amalgamation. And isn't, of, and isn't like he screwing the other dude's wife or something like that? Oh, uh, no, his girlfriend. His is girlfriend screwing, is the, screwing other the other dude. That's what it is. Yeah. So they deserve what Love they got. Triangle. It's a love quad quadrang quadrangle <laughs> quadra. So many porn references. It's a, in this episode. <laughs> it's, a it's a love rhomboid. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, those people all are terrible. Uh, there's two doctors aboard mm-hmm. who know what's going on in the cargo bay, which is basically one of the dude's wives died. Well, but, they're scientists, but, but they have her. You said doctor, like a medical doctor. They're like they're like scientists, though. Well, I mean, scientists are. They have yeah, doctorates. But, yeah. Um, so this one guy's wife is down below in a basically in a like cryo chamber, mm-hmm. frozen. And the whole idea is that they're trying to get to Paris, which they're not even going to Paris. They're trying to get that to freezer. Paris. By the way, I don't think that freezer's big enough. Way to hold too a small human. for a human body, right? It really is. I mean, unless she was. It I guess was like, she, I guess she was dead, so they kind of they could have like pretzeled her up. <laughs> Like she's not gonna feel anything. Oh, That's why on. she's so pissed when she wakes up and she starts eating everybody. Mm, yes, it's like <laughs> my left leg is asleep. I mean, I'm gonna be. I kind of want to kill people when my when pins and needles sets in. Yeah, I kind of want to kill people. Yeah, too, you want to so. go into a rage. I guess I get that. Yeah. Here's here's rage. one of the things. Here's one of the things that kills me. What the the uh, amount the amount of use of firearms while on an airplane is absolutely ridiculous in this movie uh firearms and homemade propane bombs <laughs> what what are you in, doing in the cargo hold <laughs> of an airplane which by the way we should talk about the car- cargo hold of the airplane because it was most certainly built in the director's garage yeah oh 100 with tin foil <laughs> it was just tin foil it was tin foil and like some, some piping <laughs> it was so bad 
what 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 can you say about this movie? I mean, it was amazing, right? I mean, they sure made it. They did. <laughs> what? The, hold on, I gotta look up the uh, the pilot. I kept looking. Okay, Raymond J. Barry. What the hell was he in that I've seen recently? I have no oh, idea. he was in Walk Hard. He was he was uh, he was um, Dewey Cox's dad. Oh, this is the pilot. The pilot, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he I was... caught him in something else recently, too. You did? What yeah. was it? Do you I, know? I can't remember. It was a few months back. Uh, just Married with Ashton Kutcher? Mm, no. Maybe. Oh, he was in Falling Down with uh, Mike, Michael Douglas from 93. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I have not. Falling Down? It's uh, it's about like a businessman who he's just trying to get home, but people keep pissing him off, so he just goes on a rampage and oh, starts I killing everybody. Yeah. He's got glasses and like yeah. real short hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. Got glasses, the short hair, the pocket protector. Can we just keep talking his... about other movies? Yeah, yeah, so yeah don't totally. Talk about that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that I kept trying to figure out like where the hell do I know him from, and it was it's from Walk Hard because mm. he's the dad. Okay, to Dewey Cox. I didn't kid dad. <laughs> the wrong kid dad. <laughs> I didn't actually recognize him. I know that you did. Um. We also didn't mention one of the other actors that's in this movie, though. I don't know how we could forget him. Oh, are you talking about Brian Cole? No. No, he's probably the most famous guy in this entire movie. Uh, Adam Scott is in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Mike caught this, like, one... It it was literally... It was literally, like, a a nanosecond Like, one single frame of of film. There's a female actress in this movie, but in this one frame of the movie, she looks like Adam Scott in drag. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so we paused it I actually have a picture of it hold on let me see if I can pull this up it is you know who Adam Scott is right oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's just so funny oh wow <laughs> it's doesn't just, it it is just so funny she doesn't look like him at all the rest of the movie I think this one frame though like she's given these like just weird eyes it's, to like the other it's stewardess it's a snarky and, little look <laughs> she's given if you don't know who Adam Scott is he's uh he's from Parks and Recreation yep. he plays Ben Wyatt or he was in uh he was in uh, uh, Ghosted uh, Step Brothers yeah he was in Step Brothers yep. he was like the the douchey older brother to uh Will Ferrell is it was it Will Ferrell's character or, I think or it was Will Ferrell yeah pretty sure it was yeah um so anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so this uh what happens it's uh <laughs> i don't know what what ha- I, I can't even remember what happens she, to let- tur- turbulence happens and some boxes fall over and break the guard's leg and it causes the oh and it smashes the tube on the cryo chamber yeah, so, so the, it the, so it starts to heat up yeah. so she thaws out she gets out thaws up she thaws out remarkably quick too well she's a zombie oh okay so okay. she thaw, she, she thaws out she's a zombie and basically she just starts biting people and y'all know what happens when you get bit by a zombie y'all turn into a zombie yeah and so the whole plane it's literally the next 50 <clears throat> minutes of the movie though there's very little plot it's just just zombie attacks. Zombies. That's it. And it's <laughs> you know what was weird though? Oh, it's awful. When the when this movie starts, there are. This is. I, you actually mentioned you're, you're like if a plane was this empty on oh, its way to Paris, empty, there's yeah. no way that they would they would cancel the flight. Mm-hmm. There was like 12 people on on board, and awesome. then by the end of the movie, there's like 70 zombies. Where'd yeah, where would all these people I, come from? I don't know. Also, um, if okay, stick with me here. If you're flying to Paris, how long into the flight were they when this all started happening? Um, I don't know, a few couple hours, a few okay. hours, I don't know. It took me five hours, four and a half hours to fly from L.A. to Michigan. Yeah. You have to fly, and they're flying from L.A. Mm-hmm. 
They're flying over the continental U.S. Wait, they're flying from L.A.? Yes. No, no, no. You're thinking of the other movie. Are you sure? Yeah. The other movie is L.A. to Tokyo. Oh, you're right. No, no. No. I think it's L.A. from both. Are you I sure? Think, I think. I, 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 I'd, ha is, I'd have to watch the movie again, and I never, ever, ever will. So. I, 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 I might make you. I might make you. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Never mind then. Forget. Forget what I was gonna say. No, I think it was. I think it was the other movie where they were flying out of uh, L.A. to Tokyo, which makes sense because they would go, um, west. Yeah. Over the ocean to Tokyo, right? Correct. Um, let me see if I can find where they were flying out of. That's and... what I'm looking for too, because I swear to God they're flying out of L.A. And if they were flying out of, God. I swear to God, if they were, if they were, <laughs> if they were flying out of L.A. though. They would have crossed the continental U.S., which means they could have put the plane down at any point in time. Depending on when the attack happened? I'm thinking of the other movie. I'm 100% thinking, God, these movies are so similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally getting them mixed together right now. That's what's weird is uh, Flight 7500 had some potential to be yes. a decent movie. Yeah. The story was was cool. Like It had a, it had a good idea, just bad execution. But there were, like, when you look at the cast and the characters and stuff, the, there was a lot of weird similarities between... It's almost like when you have a, a movie on a plane, you have to have these very certain, like, these very specific character mm -hmm. archetypes, right? Well, sure. You have a whole bunch of people coming from different backgrounds, so every person can have a different purpose and a different whole different everything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They can be completely different characters. Um, it, unfortunately, it though... oddly specific, though. Unfortunately, though, it's like... They're stereotypical. Yeah. All the characters in both movies are super stereotypical. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's easy to get to, you know, to, to mirror image each other almost sure. between the two movies. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, what? how did this movie even end? I don't even, I honestly, <laughs> God, I don't remember. Oh, I'll tell you how it ended. I know that, I know that, uh, that, that uh, Jay O'Connell, what's his name? Uh, 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 um, Kevin J. O'Connell. O'Connor. Or O'Connor. Yeah, that's what's funny. <laughs> You said, you said, I don't think there's anybody in this movie. And I said, oh, well, uh, um, uh, Kevin J. O'Connor's in it. And you go, oh, oh, cool. And then when he popped up on screen, you go, look at this motherfucker. And I go, that's that's Kevin O'Connor. And you go, oh, I was thinking of Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> I was like, God help Jerry O'Connell if he shows up in fucking Flight of the Living Dead. Um, I'm, I don't think he's probably pretty close to that. I'm not going to lie. What was, oh. what was the last big thing Kevin O'Connor or Jerry? I can't even. I don't even know these people's names anymore. Despite despite where he where he sits in in today's uh, like in today's uh, culture, mm -hmm. that's not the. I I don't want to say the word zeitgeist because I hate that word because you can't say you can't say it without sounding like a douchebag. I mean, you can. But I will, for lack of a better word. No matter where he sits in today's zeitgeist. Uh, Jerry O'Connell will always be a national treasure. Well, he wasn't stand by me in all fairness. Like stick him on the back of the Declaration in, of, of Independence because he, was, he is a national treasure. He was also in uh, Kangaroo Jack. Yeah, and he was in <laughs> Joe's apartment. Remember I do, I do love Joe's apartment. It's fantastic. It's I true. love Jerry O'Connell, and he was in Jerry Maguire. Yes, he was. Did you say that already? Yep. Oh, he, oh. I mean, I mean, quick. Okay, the biggest thing he's ever been in drunk history. Because <laughs> we all drunk history drunk. is a, drunk an amazing show, and you have to kind of be somebody to be on that. Okay, it's you're sort right. Of, no, you're right. You he's, know what I mean? he's still he's still doing his thing. He's not uh, he's not there yet. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. We're good. All right. 
But uh, anyway, do you remember how the movie ended, though? Yes, I, I remember do. there was an F-18 eventually that, like, was by their side. Well, it was an F-16. And the, or an F-16. <laughs> You're just splitting hairs at that point. <laughs> and a zombie, like, fell out of the plane and hit it and caused it to crash. Like, like a, <laughs> as if a bomb hit the plane. This <laughs> Okay, so, so finally the plane went down and there was a handful of survivors. And uh, I think that they were in sort of a desert area. And they get out, they get, you know, they get out, they get on their feet and they start walking off into the sunset. And then a few minutes later, you see several of the zombies get out and also start walking that way. And that was it. L- led by um, Eric Avari, Dr. Okay. Bennett. Oh, yes, right? yes, yes. How do you, I remember this and you don't because I was asleep for half of it. <laughs> it, it shows how good this movie was. <laughs> that, that's that's all there is to it. I uh, I dozed for like, there was a couple couple moments where I may have dozed for like a minute. Yeah. And then you kept slapping me. I literally wouldn't recommend this movie to a deaf and blind person. Like, I, I would say stay away from it. I would. That, that's how bad this movie is. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I, I, I'm embarrassed that I own it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think you own worse, honestly. There's there's movies in your collection Oof, that are worse than this. I don't know about this. that. That's, that, that, hurt, I mean, that hurts me, but, you what know. Do you, what are you at? 1,700, something like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely we could comb through it. We could find something way worse than this. Uh, I mean, okay. uh, I mean, there's I mean, there's uh, zombie uh, zombie apocalypse no redemption. Way. Hey, hey man, hey man, hey man, hey man, <laughs> easy, easy on the czar, okay? Um, yeah, I, can we stop talking about this movie now? Sure. Okay, because yeah. flight seventy five hundred, where still bad. Yes, I actually like this movie a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, it had its moments, and like I said, it had a it had a good story. Yeah, so like I I think that it I think that it had the right uh, the the right foundation. And it just it just didn't pull it off. Like yeah, the, the so, execution was really bad. So here's the thing: Flight seventy five hundred was a movie that was actually people were looking forward to seeing this because it was directed by uh, Takeshi Shimizu, who directed all of the Grudge movies, mm-hmm. both the Japanese ones and the American ones. Mm-hmm. Like every Grudge movie was done by this guy, which were, were critically acclaimed in Japan for sure the original ones then the the grudge movies in the US where they were you know American reboots they were still sort of popular at the time though oh, people yeah. liked these movies oh well they were right at the height of of the kind of J horror yeah yeah um I, I don't want to call it a resurgence in America because it was kind of a yeah the, the J horror invasion it was like right around the time of the ring yep and you had the grudge the, the grudge the eye the, the pulse pulse yeah, yeah all there's, that there's stuff. a camera one too shutter oh shutter yeah I believe that was mm-hmm. another one um so here's your uh, here's your synopsis here uh, flight seventy five hundred departs Los Angeles International Airport mm-hmm. that's where I'm getting that from uh, bound for Tokyo as the overnight flight ta- uh, makes its way over the Pacific Ocean during its ten hour course the passengers encounter what appears to be a supernatural force in the cabin so this movie has a lot of familiar faces in it you have ryan quanton who plays uh the main character brad ryan quanton uh you probably best known from true blood he was uh he was um sookie stackhouse's brother i can't think of his jason name. Stackhouse, jason stackhouse yeah. um and he was great in true blood and i watched most of the series at least um, yeah, uh, he I've was never, fantastic i haven't it. watched any he other. was also in dead silence that mm-hmm. doll movie we watched uh and there's a couple other things i think we've he's been in something else we watched too um a, a movie that i really wanted to see that i never did um legend of the guardians the owls of gahul did you ever see no you never saw it? it's a it's an animated movie about owls being badasses. Oh. And it looked really cool. I mean, real life owls are pretty badass too. I don't know why they have to be animated. Well, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, they're like watch, flying potatoes that <laughs> want to murder you. <laughs> they're fluffy potatoes. Um, he was in Knights of Badassdom. Oh, yes. Which that, is that was a that Joe, was, Joe yep, Lynch Joe Lynch's, film, right? Joe Lynch's first movie, yeah. Yep. Um, or second movie, rather. Uh, yeah, so he's he's pretty familiar. You've also got Leslie Bibb, mm-hmm. who uh, I know her best from The League. She plays Megan in The yep. League. Because, uh, you know, Megan, Megan is a real name. <laughs> um. What what else did you say she was in? She was in something else that you mentioned. She was just in something else that we watched. Um, oh, uh, Iron Man. Iron Man. Yep. She was the uh, when he says the Vanity Fair. Uh, uh, yeah, girl. he said sorry. I got held up doing a piece for Vanity Fair. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, she was also in Talladega Nights. Yep. Uh, Carly Bobby. She was Ricky Bobby's uh, Ricky Bobby's wife. Amy Smart. Amy Smart's in this. Yeah. Is Amy Smart will forever be a fox. She's just so adorable. She is. She is. I really love her. I don't think she ages either. No. Like she looks the same now as she did at the beginning of her career. Yeah. Good keep, on her. Keep on keeping yeah. on, girl. Yeah, she is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, uh, speak- Jamie Chung. Speaking of gorgeous. Jamie Chung. Yes. <clears throat> Fine. Lay you down fine. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you have uh, Scout Taylor Compton. I actually didn't realize that was her. I did not either until I looked it up. She looks completely unrecognizable. She, I mean, she doesn't. She because she was she had kind of that goth look in um, the second Halloween movie. Okay. I think it was uh, the, I a little bit. I think it was the short hair. Is that, that what it was? Yeah. Just throws just kind of throws you off. I I don't know. That might be what it is. And also and the I got... bad tattoos. Oh god. <laughs> I was that's, I, that's one of the I things did, I wrote I down. Love... I was like the special effects crew blew their entire budget before they could get to her tattoos. Yeah, I do. Because they were awful. She had a, a scorpion tattooed like on her upper boob area, and I do love <laughs> how the other dude just kept calling her scorpion girl. <laughs> Scorpion girl. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, uh, who else we got here? Uh, you said with Nikki Whalen, right? We already got her. Uh, we didn't, but oh, Nikki Whalen is yep. yeah. Um, is there? Was there any anybody else? Think, that I'm really not sure that anybody notable? else. Matters. Oh, Jonathan Shake. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Shake was or Shaq. I, I think it's Shake. Um, he was um, he was the pilot. Oh, okay. But okay. I know him best as Jimmy from that thing you do. You uh, do I that? quit. I quit. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I quit. Sorry. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, so it was completely lost on me. I feel like, hold on. Sorry. I feel like you've never seen it. No, I've seen it. I've definitely seen it. You're lying. I can tell when you're lying. I mean, okay. okay. Um, yeah, I. so here's a funny thing about this movie. I watched this movie on the plane ride coming home. You did? I did. Hmm. And um, the weird thing is, when it starts off, the uh, the guy that's playing the pilot, mm-hmm. he does the whole intercom thing, talking to people in the plane. I took my earbuds out because I thought that it was my pilot talking, <laughs> because he sounded exactly like our pilot. Well, it's because all pilots sound the same, because they all do that same... Uh, <laughs> it's true, they uh, do. Welcome aboard. Uh, today we're... Uh... We're gonna be cruising uh, at a. Flight. We're gonna be cruising at a uh, altitude of thirty six thousand feet. Uh, <laughs> it's true they do. <laughs> looks like smooth sailing ahead. So uh, that, just uh, sit back and relax. That's also the Barack Obama thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, American people uh, are trying to do this thing where uh, they. He uh, <laughs> should be a pilot. I oh went God. to uh, I went to I went to soccer camp at MSU one time. Oh yeah. And there was a kid that we met there. And he was an awesome kid, very good soccer player. But 
when he wasn't speaking, he was making that sound. Like, even if you were talking to him. Uh, yeah. I was like, what is this, the grudge? <laughs> he's, he's he's the living embodiment of a creaky door. <laughs> but that was always closing. It was yeah, weird. It was, always, yeah. It was strange, because, like, a lot of people do that in between sentences. Like, kind of if they're saying, like, um, you know. A lot of people say um a lot, so mm-hmm. some people just feel like uh. But it was if if you were speaking to him and he was completely silent, he was just going uh. It <laughs> was so weird. It was very distracting. That's so weird. <laughs> so another thing about this though is uh, so not only did the pilot sound exactly like my pilot, uh-huh. um, he go uh, Ryan Quanton when they get on the plane, they're talking about how long they've waited to take this trip, and they said that they've waited ten years to take this trip. So if they're gonna do it, do it in style because the guy upgraded them to first class. Yeah. I, too, waited 10 years to take my trip to go back oh, to Cali. Oh, my. And we paid extra for our Halloween Horror Night tickets. Oh, my. We did it in class. Okay. So I relate to this movie. All right. Like, this movie was like, we, we, we had a bond. So this is your favorite movie ever. Of all time. Okay. Ousted Evil Dead. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I did like this movie, though. I actually thought the, uh, the character development in this movie was actually way better than... Well, obviously, way better than the other movie. But Definitely, like, yeah. You know, you had Ryan Quanton, he was a um, he was a paramedic. So when the original dude who had like the weird case that you find out later caused the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he when he jumps in, interrupts, like, oh, he's a paramedic, he's helping. Like, there's a reason for him to be there. You know, they, the characters actually all kind of fall into place decently well. Yeah. Um, I I'm interested to know just what happened to this movie because it should have been good. <laughs> It had it had ingredients. It's like you're baking a cake, right? You're making a meal, cake meal. Stay with me here. All the ingredients like taste good uh-huh. separately. Yet when you put them together, it's just not a good cake meal. That's the direct opposite of what a cake is. You just said all the ingredients taste good separately. Well, I'm just when's saying. the last time you just ate a handful of flour? Uh, today. <laughs> And a raw egg today. <laughs> and vanilla extract by itself. Gotta get drunk somehow. <laughs> <laughs> your uh, your analogy is flawed, my friend. You get what it's, I'm it's saying. It's the direct opposite. All the all the pieces of a cake taste like shit by themselves until you put them together and bake it, and then it tastes good, which is what this movie should have been. Yes, yes. You get what I'm trying to say here. I don't, but I'll just this go with it. This movie should have been good. No, my my point is like there was there's parts of this movie that were good. Like I said, the character the characters were actually not. I didn't hate the characters except for Surfer Guy. Yeah, fuck that guy was guy. such a yeah, bad yeah, actor. Yeah, fuck that guy. And he had the what was the line? Uh, Some bo- of the dude with the cell phones. Boomers screwed the pooch, man. They ain't helping out Gen Y. <laughs> I was like, God, that was just the yep. worst fucking forced like young like stereotypical young yep. guy line. Yeah, that one was pretty bad. They ain't helping out Gen Y. Shut up. The fact you, he, the fact you, you mentioned first. Gen Y, it's like, ooh, <laughs> oof, yikes. Um, I don't it's know. Like, like, Gen Y, did you make this movie? <laughs> right. Um, there's no way, by the way, there's no way they would let him on a plane with a bag full of cell phones. No. Or they would not let Taylor Compton on that plane with daggers out of her boots. I don't know if you noticed her BJ, her bejeweled, uh, BJ, her her, her BJ boots. Well, they were just they were just studs. They were like spike studs, though. They would never let that on. You don't think so? No, she all she has to do is take her shoe off, and it's a club. She could literally beat people to death. Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, Happy Gilmore tried to take a skate off and stab people. What do you think she would do? Take a lot of effort. 
kill somebody with one of those. I'm just saying. Yeah. Also, they sur- would never. They would never let her on a plane with. Also, those. I don't know if you noticed, but surfer guy, if surfer guy kept sipping off of a flask. How'd you get yes. that on the plane? Uh, you can you can bring alcohol on a plane. You can, but it has to be under three ounces. Mm, maybe he only had three ounces in his flask. Nah, it was like a <laughs> it, was, it was like the same size as a Stanley flask, which I don't, carries seven ounces. Thank if you we're very basing much. this movie though on on the basis of whether or not the things would actually happen in it, then you're this is a losing battle right <laughs> off right off the bat. Um, what did you think about the twist in this movie? I actually liked it a lot. Uh, I, I, did, I didn't see it coming at all. Oh, I knew what it was. I knew what it was. There's there's a very specific moment that I knew what it was, and it was um, so so basically spoilers. Yeah, basically they hit. Not like, that anybody's gonna see this movie anyway. Basically, they hit major turbulence, mm-hmm. and everybody's freaking out. They get a warning that they've lost cabin pressure, and the the masks drop down from the ceiling. Everybody's got their masks on and stuff. And they cut to the pilot and the co-pilot. The pilot, uh, Jonathan Shakes, got his his mask on, and he's trying to talk to his co-pilot who didn't get his mask yeah. on in time, so he's passed out. Yep. And then the very next scene, uh, everybody back in the uh, the um, cabin has, you know, like things have evened out. The captain has said, oh, "Okay, we're out of that now. You guys should be able to breathe breathe freely and everything." They take their masks off, and then they cut back to the captain. And he's saying, I'm going to take my mask off now. He takes it off and he looks over at his co-pilot who is waking up, basically. And he says, you okay? You feeling okay? And the co-pilot's like, yeah, I feel okay. That he whole, never had his mask on. Like, he, that whole, yeah. yeah, he never had his mask on. And that entire time they made such a big deal out of showing how Ryan Quanton was running around and helping people get their masks That's on. True. That's because true. they were losing consciousness. It was a the, pretty... the co-pilot wouldn't have regain consciousness if he had been without oxygen That's for that true. entire time. So as soon as he woke up and said he was okay, I was like, everybody on this flight is dead. Pretty badass Sorry, scene. that's a big spoiler. Yeah, but yeah. pretty badass scene for Ryan Quatton, though, like running around basically oh, yeah. being Superman on the plane. Yeah, totally. Like, but he's a paramedic. That makes sense, though. You know, mm-hmm. that's what he's, you know, if he's, if he's into saving people. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Jeez. <laughs> but it was, though. It was, it was pretty badass. So like I said, it was good character development for him, at least. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I hate to say this, but Ryan Quanton and Amy Smart, who are kind of like they're they're married still, but they're pretty much on the brink of divorce. It sounds like yeah, because they lost two children. It sounded like yeah, or two miscarriages. Well, I don't or know whatever. if that's. I mean, yeah. But like, yeah, it sounded like they weren't. It sounded like when they got on the plane, though, they weren't actually together still, but they were still married or uh, something was. They I wasn't think, really. I think clear. they were. I think they were putting up a front because uh, the brother and sister-in-law wanted to take them on this trip. Yeah. And they didn't want to break the news to them that they were estranged, so they they said, "Okay, we'll go on this trip with you." And they said, "We just have to keep this up for three weeks. Sure. Like we have to make them believe that we're still together, and then when we get back, we'll tell them that we're not together anymore." This is very, this is like very like chick thing to do in chick flick type things, but I really liked them as a couple. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like like I I was kind of rooting for him, you know, like when 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 shit got real and they started getting closer again, like he saved her, and then like they woke up and she was all like in his in his lap and all that. I was like, oh, yo, they're it. so cute. He's such a romantic, so cute, Mike. right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm serious though. Like <laughs> I actually sort of bought into the fact that they were re- rekindling their relationship in this movie, which was a really weird thing to get out of the shitty movie. But like, no, no, they no. Did I it mean, no, like, I, I got that too. I like they I, really did. I think when she saw him running around saving people, and then he came back because she had fallen out of her mask, and he saved mm-hmm. her. Like there was definitely a like, oh, look at this. Where's this guy been the last couple of years? Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so this whole thing, though, starts because the dude in the very beginning dies, and he's got this weird box. And you come to find out, because they all start going through dead guy's shit to try to figure out who he was. Mm-hmm. They, they find this creepy-ass, like, puppet master-looking doll. Am I the only one that thought when they opened it that doll was going to be alive? Because it kind of pops its head up and turns its head like it's looking at him. And it's weird. Yeah. Uh, this is where the intro to our episode comes from this mm-hmm. week, by the way. Um, this is this really weird uh, spike. Was that the name of the, the doll and puppet master? Spike? Ye- uh, yeah, right? <sighs> yes, I Uh-oh. think so. I think it's Spike. There goes the street No, it's cred. not. Blade. Blade. Blade, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> it looked like a Blade doll, though. Mm-hmm. Like a weird Japanese yeah, version of a Blade doll. Yeah. Um, not Wesley Snipes, but Puppet Master Blade. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that's what it looked like. I'm like, oh my God, is this going to be alive? Like, this movie took a weird twist. Mm-hmm. There's like suddenly this alive puppet on the plane. Um, but that, but the, at that point, though, they pretty much tell the, the story about how it's like this Japanese mythology that, you know, this puppet represents... Like uh, when you die, it, it takes your soul, yeah. but it only takes your soul if you've let go of whatever you need to exactly. let go of in the in the mortal world. But even um, then, I didn't really get it. And the funny part about it is that I sort of did get it, but I didn't realize it because I'm calling the movie out. I'm calling the movie out on a bunch of stuff where it's like, um, like one of the things to say here is uh, the reason this movie stops working after a while is because they forget there's an entire plane load of people, none of which are reacting to literally anything going on in the plane. Mm-hmm. That was one of my critiques of it. And so it's like I was getting it, but I wasn't actually putting the pieces together to understand what was happening. Yeah. You know? And I thought that was actually pretty effective because you obviously got it. Um, huge spoiler territory here, but everybody died during the turbulence. Mm-hmm. No one survived. So at that from that point on you're basically seeing their spirits wandering around this plane where everybody's dead, Mm -hmm. which makes perfect sense as to why nobody's responding to anything. Right. Um, And I kind of like that, actually. I really like that idea. Mm -hmm. That was a very strong point of the movie, I thought. Yeah. I just feel like the way it kind of wrapped up was where it really bombed. You know what I mean? You can't say bomb on an airplane. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It just, it felt like it had potential to me, and it just, it missed the mark. You know what I mean? Yeah, it did. It did. And the the whole, like, the the end, the end was stupid. Oh, but the last jump scare was... The last jump scare was completely unnecessary. Not only was it unnecessary, unnecessary. it didn't make any sense. No. Zero sense. It was just, that was just stupid. No, give me a small guy. Oh. I don't want a big silo guy. Not silo, but a tall boy. Um... Yeah, no, that was really, really, really stupid. Um, that, but you know what? A lot of movies put those stupid jump scares at the end. It's like, not that I'm giving it a pass, but I'm also not going to hold it against it completely. Yeah, but that um, one, in, but that one in particular didn't really make that much sense because they had kind of come. They they kind of figured out what was going on. Like we need to let go of our our hangups in the mortal world, and she understood that, but was defiant, and. I guess it's just where she it came. Who? Uh, um, Nikki Whalen's character, oh, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the I don't the wife, the yeah. wife who kept showing everybody their photos. Why why was it why was it the trash can? Like why did it come out of the trash can? I don't know. A hand. It like, doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make any it sense. Doesn't make it sense at stupid. All. It's stupid. Yeah. You know it wasn't stupid. What? There's a really really cool scene where Scorpion Girl is sleeping in her uh, Scott Taylor Compton's uh, yeah. character. Mm-hmm. She's sleeping, um, trying to sleep rather in her chair. She pulls out a blanket, which I've never been on a flight that actually just has blankets readily available. Mm-hmm. Maybe these are like these trans uh, trans ocean transcontinental transcontinental no, places. I've been on plenty of 
flights with blankets. I've not, but yeah. I've only been on a couple of them. Oh, you've so. also only flown during the day. That's, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, point is, though, so she pulls a blanket out of the overhead, right? And she pulls up on it, and the blanket keeps getting pulled down by something. Mm-hmm. And she pulls it back up to her neck or whatever, and she's trying to close her eyes and sleep. And at one point in time, a head rises up sort of like down by her feet mm-hmm. and she does like a, a quick like flip of the blanket mm-hmm. to get rid of it she doesn't see the head but she does it to readjust the blanket and the head just disappears from yeah. there it was really cool that's a it's like that was a super super j-horror moment i you know what though it, it was oh, no, very cool no, no i like very very i cool. liked it i've always like well, uh, he's I, also a j-horror director so oh, yeah. it makes perfect sense. no that's that's my point i actually really yeah i agree with you i really like that part because um there's there's a, a moment in the grudge where that happens. And I think there's in one of the ring movies, that same thing happens like mm-hmm. where somebody's laying in bed and all of a sudden they see some, like something shifting under the covers Yeah, and they pull the covers up and there's a nothing there. A, no, there's a, well in, in the grudge at least, or one of the ring movies, I can't remember what it was. They lift up the covers and there's a ghost right there. Oh, okay. like ready to kill him. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's creepy as hell. I yep. think that's a very effective, and I think it was almost better done in this movie. It was a creepy than, moment, yeah. And in those ones, because like you said, it's the blanket keeps getting pulled down, and it's just more of an annoyance to her at first. And then when she does the one thing where she kind of flips the blanket, you can see the head there for yeah. a second, and then it's just gone. Yeah, it's really it, cool. It, it's super cool. Yeah. Um, another part that I just didn't understand at all: the very, very beginning when the first dude dies, um, the guy that's married to the insufferable wife. Mm-hmm gives the dude mouth to mouth when the dude's got blood coming out of his mouth. Yeah. I'm sorry if I was in that position. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't doing that. Here's a stranger. You don't know who he is. Mm. I'm not going to fucking put his blood in my... What? That's crazy. Sorry. Not doing it. Guess you're not a real horror fan. Not doing it. I would welcome blood in my mouth from anybody. Right now. Do it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Red Wings joke in there somewhere. <laughs> they did they ever really did they ever really explain his death? Who's I don't remember the guy. The guy with the he just the, couldn't breathe. Like he, um, there was some turbulence that happened. He couldn't breathe, and then it, he his like, death was mysterious. Though, yeah, cause like because yeah. he broke one of his own teeth out. You know, because she mm-hmm. finds his tooth on the ground. He's bleeding from the mouth. He's got this weird doll. Yeah. They never really explain his death because there's a lot of weird mystery around his death. They really don't. But his his ghost essentially is the thing that's kind of turning into everybody else's ghost. That goes. Was he ever? I don't know. Was he ever real to begin with? Like, or was he just an entity of some kind? Like, I don't was, know. Was he death? I don't know. You know I don't I mean? think it was death. No, that, that I just like something sense. like that. You know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I haven't um, thought about it enough, honestly. I would I would actually rewatch this movie though. I it would wasn't too. a There's, great movie, but no. there was enough redeeming stuff about it where I actually appreciate it. Yeah. For what they tried to do with it. It yeah. was not a perfect movie. It was uh, definitely a strikeout. And for it being delayed for three years. Yeah. When this movie finally came out, like what a letdown. But um I don't know. I didn't hate this movie at all. It should have been titled though. This should have been a sequel to John Carpenter's The Fog. <laughs> With all the fog that was on the plane. It should have been called Fog 2 Turbulence. 
<laughs> would have been great. But um, that's uh, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, yeah. I think I uh, I don't really have much else to say nope. about it. So, nope. oh, oh, I, I, I should take it back. I take it back. I'm sorry. I already I had do. my breath in, ready to I go. I know, I know, I know. But this I just thought was really, really interesting. This was taken off of IMDb trivia. Uh-huh. So I so I'm gonna look into this to see if it was true. But I thought this was insane. I'm going to read this here. Uh, so the plot of the film is taken almost directly from the crash of Helios Airways Flight 522, which, due to a mistake with the cabin pressure switch used to test the plane while on the ground, could not maintain pre- uh, cabin pressure as it climbed. The crew and everybody on board soon lost consciousness, and the autopilot flew the plane to the destination where it circled in a holding pattern. A fighter jet then confirmed... This is where it gets crazy. The fighter jet... Uh, confirmed the unconscious state of everyone, but did see one conscious flight attendant signaling the fighter from the cockpit before the plane ran out of fuel and crashed. Wow. That's crazy. That's insane. Like That's a crazy that's story. That's freaky. Can you imagine being that one person that was somehow alive still? <sighs> oh, that's I, terrifying. I, it's, it's to, me, to me, can you imagine being that fighter pilot seeing a bunch of dead people and then just one person signaling you? That's, did he see a ghost? Chilling, man. Did he see a ghost? Ew, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that, that's that's actually. I just got yeah, like Billy Willies, dude. That's, like, that's creepy. That's way creepier than the it movie. Makes me like this movie a little bit even more yeah. now, to be honest with you. Wow, um, that's weird. But yeah, so that was crazy. Now, now you can end the episode. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, that'll do it for this week. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on. Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. And uh, don't forget to sign up for your free trial at uh, uh, audibletrial.com slash the Buzzkill Podcast. That's right. And if you want to find J Rog, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording. And also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. All right, all, all right, right, gentlemen. Thanks, we kept Jay. it under two hours this week. Hey, nice hey. job, boys. Do we it's been, have? A, it's been well over for the last couple of weeks. Do we have a plan for next week, or what's um, the deal? You know what? I keep meaning to put together a new pizza wheel death, and I haven't done it. I've been on vacation, man. All right, cut me some slack. To here. be announced, then. To be announced. Um, we do have some new ideas, though, for some new for some new segments okay. that we had talked about. All right. So uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll do like a maybe me and you get together and put up a video of us spinning the wheel and announce it or something. I don't like want that. to spend any more time with you than I have to. So that's, that's actually <laughs> that's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right. So yeah, to be announced for next week, then. Boys, enjoyable time. Mike, nice to have you back. Hey, thanks, brother. Cheers, boys. Try to have a good night.